So free agency today. This is the craziest free agency I think any of us have ever seen. Nobody ever complained about the NHL not being the NBA. Today was yeah. wilder than any day in the NBA. It was, it was insane. Okay. I, okay. I, no, 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 no. I, yeah. They, well, uh, 24 yeah. hours ago, they traded the goalie of the year for nothing. What? What? Yeah, that's crazy. Be- beg your pardon? That's it was pretty crazy, crazy Steve. That's the crazy Oh, it's crazy for too. sure. Yeah, it's, it's crazy equivalent. for sure. It's both leagues have crazy off seasons now. I'm what going to say that. Here's like, the does thing, the defensive no. player of the year get, like, waived? NBA's still crazier, Jesse. It's, Did you see the ask for Ben Simmons? Yeah, yes, that was, the Raptors. That no, was, no, no, no. They want three first-round picks, a young player, and three pick swaps. Yeah, it's not happening, so it's not real. They're nuts. They're fucking nuts. If yeah. he's that valuable, keep them. Right. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. The NHL is as was as crazy this year. And Last offseason sucked. Th- this was insane. And... Yeah. So we're going to listen. The, the reality is, um, I don't know how long the show is going to go today, but I can tell you that Steve's been basically on and off the air for seven or eight hours or, mm-hmm. or longer. Um, so I mean, we don't want to kill seven, him. seven videos for the Sportsnet channel and one for my own. So eight and that, that's a lot. That's a lot. It's uh, a personal record, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and so, you know, so obviously Steve's a little gassed. What we do on this show is we tend to focus on the things that have a story surrounding them as much as possible. So we're not going to sit here and list off all the transactions because you can just Google that. Uh, we are going to go around <laughs> the stories. Oh, no, we can't, honestly. Like we're. Oh, I know, it's just funny to say. Um, but but what we are going to do is, you know, and what I always try to do when we're, we're focusing on this show is, is, um, is and prepping the show is that it's, it's about the stories uh, that, you know, that there's, there's some, some, some diving into. Now, I want to quickly mention a couple of notes off the top before we get into anything. Number one, on Friday, uh, D'Artagnan returns. Chris Johnson back to the show on our Friday show. Yay. D'Artagnan. What is that? From the Three Musketeers. You know, the chocolate that bar. Before. You don't, what? I yeah, don't know. That's an old reference. The Three Musketeers? All right, fine. Well, <laughs> history guy, of course. Uh, so Chris Johnson is going to be back on uh, July the 30th when we do that episode. So it'll be nice and fresh for the long weekend for you, which will be great. And then beyond that. Is it the long um, weekend? It is the long weekend in Canada anyway. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, next Wednesday, uh, the Steve Dangle podcast will have a special episode with Rick Westhead of TSN, who has been following, as we know, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks story. At that time, uh, Rick is going to answer any and all questions that we have. So my suggestion is, and we can start a thread on Reddit or something like that. If you have questions about the investigation, please feel free to start a thread on the uh, STP Reddit page. If you don't have a Reddit account, it's pretty easy to sign up for. We'll look through and we are going to peel this thing back right to the beginning and find out everything that Rick knows. We're excited to have Rick on and Rick said he's excited to come on, which is great. So, uh, you know, despite the subject matter, um, having Rick on the show is something that we're pretty excited about. And I think diving into this story deep is is something that matters a lot to, to you that listen. I mean, we see the comments. So this is going to be a uh, it's going to be a great couple of episodes. We'll see how tonight goes. Now there's a lot to get to. Yeah. <laughs> so Jesse, if you don't count Steve Simmons, is Rick Westhead going to be the first TSN personality on this show? Steve Simmons was kind of part time when we had him on, and he also was on the reporters. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Don't count. I also didn't work at Rogers when that happened. Yeah. Like we were going to have Darren Detition on, and we were. Yeah. Yeah, because remember, good, bang. 
Yeah, we did. You did a great impression of Darren Detitian. I love. Not him. really, but I just said bang a lot, and it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I it thought was it good. was funny, and yeah. Darren Detitian liked it. They interviewed him on his site, and yeah. I think it was Bar Down that interviewed him or whatever, and he talked about it or whatever oh, it was. Know. I don't know. I don't know. He, he is, it's history, right? It's the first TSN personality. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Listen, all the TSN personalities are invited. There's no question. We've had. Uh, uh, we've had. Yeah, you're right. We haven't really. I don't know anyone at TSN. I think that's probably part of it. Like, I, you know, we worked at Rogers. I knew all the Rogers mm. people. You know? That's fair. Yeah. I know the bar down folks. I don't, I just, I don't know them personally. I know who they are. I do. I'm I really cool. People, I'm but, cool. Uh, I'm very okay. cool. Steve's cooler hey, than you. Hey, yeah. uh, uh, Steve, just a uh, big time in me, but we're still ignoring the fact that TSN has not been <laughs> featured on the show at all. Yeah, I know them all, but fuck them. They can't come on. <laughs> yes. Not is that how it is? No, they work for the inferior product. You know, yeah, I hold I my nose every time I do a show with you, clowns. <laughs> you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. We did go down a level when we went to Bell, but Jesse, who has left Bell, uh, can get, go back to neutral now. He's right? cool now. Yeah, I like yeah, him. Now I'm, now I'm better than you. Yeah, there, well, I mean, a few weeks ago, Jesse got now? really cool. Yeah, like, all of a sudden, I got super just now. cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So listen, we got a lot of places we can go. Okay, we can start with giving away a Vesna Trophy winner. We can go to mm-hmm. um, giving away potentially the best defenseman in the league or at nope. least a top five guy um, and, and, and then replacing him with a guy whose teammates hated him so much he got booted off his own team and bought out. Uh, we can go Who's to... Who's that? I don't know what you're talking um, about. You know, we could talk about a Stanley Cup contending team who just lost their starting goaltender. We can talk about... Uh, a team that traded a million-dollar right-handed shot defenseman and signed an, a similar guy who's older for more money, along with a bunch of other things. What else can we talk about? Nope. None of those about, We could talk about the Leafs. Oh! Ding, ding, All right, all right. So honestly, when I prepped the show, I'm like, the guys are definitely going to want to talk about Flower first. Because that's crazy, giving away a Vezin Trophy goal. I forgot it happened. Apparently not. Like, so much happened. So, um, so, okay. So let me just ask this. What are your thoughts guys? Uh, are we doing the leaf? Yeah, we're doing the Leafs right now. Yep. And, and you don't have to run down who they signed because I'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. I want to know how, as my therapist asked, not what you think, but how you feel. Tell me how you feel. How did today leave you feeling name a feeling? Steve, I'm going to let you go off. So I'm just going to say two sentences. I think players don't want to play in Toronto. And two, I think Kyle Dubas might be a bad negotiator. Steve, you can have the floor. Okay. Here's how the Leafs did in free agency. Dot, dot, dot. And tweet it. My video is up. There. So now that that's up, I had such low expectations heading into today. And they managed to limbo right underneath them like they're on vacation in the Caribbean. I, oh God, it is. Hold on. It was hold a on, disheartening day to are be they, a Leafs are, fan. Are they the tourists that get, uh, they get their hair braided too? Oh, no, listen, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Adele. <laughs> I, uh, listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. okay. All, right, um, all right. But uh, they got Mrazic. It was a lot of money. And then I thought, oh, they should have traded for a guy. And then I thought, with what? Here's a fact that I didn't really see anybody talking about. Leafs have a first in 2022. That's good. That's cool. They have, they have a second in 2022. That's good. 
They don't have a third. They don't have a fourth. They don't have a fifth. They don't have a sixth. And if uh, Brennan Merrill, I think is his name, but too too much happened today. If he plays 30 games with the Leafs this upcoming season, they won't have a seventh either. They'll have two picks for 2022. And that's because they won't be here to pick them anyway. Where they lost. Oh, yeah. Like he'll, (laughs) he'll be gone. Like this is, this is it. Like this is really it. And uh, Zach Bogosian, the the quotes like uh, uh, oh god I, I don't I don't know where to start. So, so you know what my disappointment in this team, bro. Let's start with Zach Bogosian. Mm-hmm. I think Three that's years. a really good place to start. Eight hundred and fifty. Yeah, so he goes and signs in Tampa for you know just over league mint. Okay, Steve's on his phone, so we've lost him. Well, I got a I got a text from someone going. Listen, I know here I, I won't say who. I understand if you don't like the Leafs day. But Dubas was unequivocally correct about protecting Hall and expansion. Okay, we'll get to that. We'll oh, get yeah. to that. We'll get to yeah. that. I got it applied, it applied that. to the conversation. That's why I read it. Sure. I saw it leaves. What? This could apply to the conversation. So, Steve, what did Zach Bogosian say? Uh, he likes likes the organization. It's classy. And that's why I'm leaving for less money. <laughs> he didn't say that last part, but that's exactly what he did. He vamoosed. I'm sure the Leafs would have given him a raise. Um, I really am. Or at very least, given him a million dollars. And this dude said, you know what? I'm going to leave literally hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table so that I can go to a team worth playing for, playing for uh, with Tampa. I mean, listen, that dude went from the Tampa Bay Lightning and won a cup, and he got a taste of success. And then he goes to Toronto for a million bucks, first in the division. Oh, let's go. And then they lost the way they lost, which I don't need to walk through it again, but it's cruel and unusual, cruel and unusual. This way, this team, the way this team loses cruel and unusual up three, one. And, and the way they lost the three games too, for God's sake, down, big, come back, lose down, big, come back, lose worst effort down, big against Columbus, come back, win, Worst effort gets shut out in an elimination game. Boston up three, two, blow it at home. Worst effort in game seven on the road. Up in the third period of game seven in 2018. Blow that. Like just. Bow! I cannot stand how cruel and unusual this team is. And Zach Bogosian said, you know what? That's enough of that. I'm going to go to Tampa where it's hot and they win and I'm going to do it for three years. Why did he sign a three-year deal? He likes winning. Okay. His family also likes it there. That's it. Yeah. Can I give you four words that are going to break your heart? Do it. Mm-hmm. About the Tampa Bay Lightning organization. That's a lot more than four words. Well, <laughs> I'm giving you the quote. Give me the con. Oh, let okay. me give you the context. I was like, my friend doesn't know how to count. No. <laughs> well, no, Some, I don't. Ask my math teacher. Something happened with Adam where he lost his ability <laughs> to count. It was tragic. <laughs> well, it's 7.38 p.m. and I have to be up early tomorrow for the morning show. So um, the hours that I'm counting, I'm, I'm going to have to, I hope I lose count of those two. No, but here's the thing. Okay. About the Tampa Bay organization, Zach Bogosian said these four words that will break your hearts. They just get it. And I'm going to repeat that again. They just get it. Is, is it the cup? Yeah. Is, is it playoff success? Yeah. Is mm-hmm. it the second round? Yeah. Is it uh, salary structure? Yep. 
Is it uh, asset management? Yes. Is it uh, coaching? Yes. Is it depth? Mm-hmm. Is it scoring? Is Crazy. it yes. defense? Is it goaltending? Yes. Ah! This is Zach Bogosian, by the way. It gets worse. Like, and they lose Hyman. And they lose, like, listen, if you want, we'll do a three hour show about the Leafs. Like, if, if you want. Well, no, I How think- do you want to carve this out? Well, I because we've already I, done this much on Bogosian, right? Well, and and I I think what what people will will say in the comment section is why are you so sad about losing Bogosian, which is not the point. The no. point is this Leafs roster unequivocally is going to be worse than last year's. Now, Kyle Dubas did say that he is counting on the personal growth of the stars on this team to All carry. Right, pack it in, pack it in. Twenty twenty three. Let's see how it goes. Pack it Rebuild in. Year. Rebuild Done. year. Done. So, so here's what we got. And let me let me run through. Because there were a few names, right? Like, there are some names. So, yeah. obviously, Peter Mrazek comes up. Yep. Um, uh, and, like, he's... Good they goal got, wild swings, right? He, he, they needed a tandem goalie, and they got a guy who's been a tandem goalie his whole career. Good fit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nothing... I don't, I, don't, I, I don't even hate 3.8 million. I think, given what the goaltenders were going for. Although, think, I'm a little upset with what Washington just paid to get their goalie back. But we'll get to that. I think he likes the spotlight. So, so that is, Toronto's a good spot for him then. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, um, the three years uh, caught me off guard, especially because no other goalie today signed for three years. Holtby, Halak, Anderson, Ranta, Elliott, Brassois, Martin Jones, James Reiner, Bernier, all two or one-year deals. Allmark uh, got uh, four. All mark off for, yeah. but all of those yeah. other goalies I just named were. But what uh, I would say to that, Jesse, is they probably gave him the third year to bring the cap hit down. Exactly, which is a problem you created. Right, but <laughs> as Justin Fisher, our good friend, tweeted today, there's a whole lot of GM signing. That's the next guy problem contracts right mm-hmm. now. And I think that's exactly, that's where this was going. I think that's exactly one of them. It's Dubas doesn't care what happens in even year two and three of that. No, deal because it doesn't matter. It's to win this season. To be clear, I did not come away from today's free agent frenzy going, I wish the Leafs had spent more. There were some bizarre, yeah. bizarre. Jonathan Bernier makes nearly what he made when the Leafs were trying to make him their starter. I beg yeah. your pardon? Where did, what? Right. Well, well where did again, that come we, from? we can get to that, but I want to, I do want to pull it in on the Leafs here just a little bit. Not because I want to pull it off Bernier. I, I agree with you, Steve, and I do want to get to that because there's, Again, something no, I know. to that. Um, the Leafs also add Michael Bunting, who they've been linked to for a while. Value add nine hundred grand. Everybody my, cousin, my cousin gave me permission to cheer for him. It's okay because my he he knocked my cousin out of hockey when they played double A together. Oh. He hit my he hit my cousin and he never played again. Oh uh, no way! Oh uh, yeah, I didn't know this. I wrote a feature on him in twenty fourteen, and it was really nice. And it was talking about like what a great story he was because he is a great story. Played double A, couldn't afford triple A. They bite the bullet. They put him in triple A. He he was athlete of the year three years in a row at Birchmount High School, which is an athletically driven high school in Scarborough. Um, finally plays triple A, and who's sitting in the stands one day watching Michael Bunting kill it in triple A? It's Kyle Dubas. So he brings him over oh. to the Sioux Greyhounds. He plays part of a season, and he does great. And so the Coyotes use a fourth rounder on him, and isn't that a great story? And then I got a passive aggressive text from my aunt, and I said, "What?" And I didn't understand it. And apparently he hit my cousin when he was 15. And my cousin today was like, you know what, bro? It was 10 years ago. I'm over it. Oh, wow. that's nice. Does that's Kyle nice. Dubas have a 15-year relationship with every player on the Leafs? 
<laughs> Dude, Mike Amadio is from Sault Ste. Marie and he signed him. Well, okay, but he's from Sue. He didn't play for the great. Bro, it's a thing. It's still it funny. A, listen, it's still it's, funny. People are like, you guys are so salty about that. I'm like, listen, most of the Greyhounds Dubas has signed as, as have worked out, but it's it's just, it, it is a thing. But it's yeah. like if I it was like, thing. okay, I'm signing both Stewart brothers and uh, Wayne Simmons and Michael Bunting and Chris Draper. And wait a sec, Steve, is this a Scarborough thing? And the, I go, the, the, no. They're naked ladies, Paul Tracy, uh, everybody yeah. else. Yeah. And, and I go, what, what, are any of them bad? Can no. the weekend so skate? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Throw them on ice. Uh, like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, there's a connection there for sure. And people are like, what's the problem? He knows them inside out. I'm like, I don't, I don't doubt that. But I'm just saying like. Sean Desmond. There are other players in the league is all we're thank saying. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Now, um, so bunting, value add. But remember, people like, like I'm as excited about bunting as I was about VC. It's sort of like if he works out, great. But if he doesn't, he's going to be a Vancouver Canuck. I'll he's he's going to be better than VC. Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll put I'll put money on that. Okay. No, Michael Bunting will be better than Jimmy VC. I don't um, know. I don't know if he's going to shoot twenty six percent again. But uh, this is a good player. And worst case scenario, like you said, you can wave him. You can bury him. Um, but his numbers are too good in the AHL. Uh, he'll he'll be fine. He'll be fine. I don't know if top six fine, but he'll be fine. David Kampf uh, of the Chicago Blackhawks also joins the Leafs. And this contract was a bit of a head scratcher. Two years, 1.5 each year. So it's a three-year deal, or sorry, $3 million deal. Uh, this guy is a penalty kill specialist, uh, great face-off guy, especially I heard from Hawks fans today that basically, you know, with Taze out, he was the guy they could use on face-offs. And fun fact, in the Czech language, Kampf means battle. Oh. I thought it was, uh, wait, in which language? In Czech? I believe it's Czech. Oh, no, it's German. German means, yeah, but he's from the Czech, oh, Czech Republic. I thought it was struggle. Sorry. Uh, well, <laughs> let's not get too close to that one. Uh, uh, yeah, not. Let's go with battle. Anyway, the, the reality of this is um, uh, it's a lot of money for a guy who had a goal last year. Right. Uh, yes. So what I was amazed by, because I was like, listen, I, what am I not seeing here? Because why did this guy like Wayne Simmons got a premium at 1.5 last year for one year? Mm-hmm. This guy all of a sudden, same market, still flat cap. This guy gets that dollar amount at two, and he had one goal in 56 games. What on earth mm-hmm. am I missing here? This is terrible. And then Jay Fresh post, uh, posts his wins above replacement thing, and I'm like, okay, okay, his chart hates him too. This is terrible. Uh, Thomas Drance uh, was. Uh, talking about him as a good bargain bet um, as a defensive specialist. Uh, there was another chart. Basically, the, the Chicago Blackhawks were terrible. They were terrible last year. Mm-hmm. And Kampf was a big part of uh, their defensive structure. And what I what I was really heartened by is Blackhawks fans coming in droves. Because like if we get a guy, if the Leafs ever get a guy, and I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm really optimistic for this. Or, you know, I, I know he struggled here, but I think he's going to be fine. Fans will not hesitate to fill my mentions with, uh, don't don't hold your breath. This guy stinks. Blackhawks fans were like, whoa, no, 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 no. You're really overreacting to this. This is a good defensive player. He can win faceoffs. He's a decent center. Thomas Drant said he has 10 goal potential. I don't know about that. Uh, you know, he's got, sure, every, we all have potential for something we've never done. Um, you know, and he's never done it, but you know, can he get half a dozen goals? Can he, can he get 10 goals? You know, maybe Who cares but, about how many goals he gets. If the role is kill penalties and win face-offs fine. 
Yes. And this provides something that I have been directly asking for for years, a dedicated center to play on the penalty kill, which they haven't had since Par Lindholm, which is nuts. So they got him. So the Leafs have down the middle at this point, it's looking like Matthews, Tavares, Kerfoot, and Kampf. And, And here's the thing. If Kerfoot moves to the wing, you can put Adam Brooks in there. I'm just not sure who's on the third and second, or sorry, third and fourth line there. Um, but it looked like Adam Brooks deserved at least a look on the wing. Yeah. Um, and I think depth, depth wise, uh, if you look at the Leafs depth chart, it sucks. So they're going to need to play guys like him. And I think beyond all of that, um, when you're they're not done, they're not done. But Dubas did say today that he doesn't think that they're going to explore the trade market. He said they've got enough money left over for the quote secondary, um, secondary market. But yeah, they said probably not going to go trade. He said anything can happen but not likely that we're going to make trades. I they have don't, less than a million dollars in cap space right now. $850,000. Uh, if, if they don't make a trade, I wholeheartedly um, hate that and wholeheartedly disagree. And it's a, it's a ridiculous decision for this so, team. It's bad. I, and I'll get to the end of the list, bad. but I am going to ask you the question again. Remember a couple weeks ago when I was like, I'm not sure about this plan. Are we all now not sure about the plan too? I, I keep saying August 1st. I keep saying okay. August 1st because, okay. it, listen, the Fair. one thing we know about GMs is they're dirty, un, just forgivable liars, mm-hmm. unrepentant liars. So I don't believe them. Uh, it could be posturing. Maybe, you know, maybe that's Dubis sort of sending a message out there uh, because they there were trade talks and he didn't like what he saw. He didn't like what he was offered. Right. So that could be a thing. Things can change, but um, no, surely, surely they they can't they can't go into the season with this team. I also want to do some breaking news here quickly, guys. If I can, it looks uh-huh. like Chicago has has solved their goaltending issue. Craig Morgan, Colorado. Uh, Craig, sorry, that's what I meant. Colorado. Uh, the Coyotes are trading Darcy Kemper to Colorado for Connor Timmins and a first round pick. So we'll uh-huh. talk about that a little bit later. It yeah. does change the picture for Colorado, although I don't think that's how they saw today going. No. Well, and it sounded like it was a bidding war with Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. Which we most definitely need to talk about, but mm-hmm. um, let's, let's keep going with the Leafs. Uh, they also signed two defensemen, Biega and Dahlstrom. Biega got into what? 13 games last year, I think for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, been around forever. Dahlstrom's another guy that's depth played in the AHL. Um, and they picked up Brennan Manel. And I think, the, the the thing with him is that he had really good AHL and KHL numbers, and he's a defenseman, right? You brought him up earlier, the conditional seventh. To, right, what is he? Defenseman, right-handed defenseman. Um, he was the leading defensive scorer on Dynamo Minsk in the KHL. People go, oh, you know, it's he's okay. He put up great numbers in the AHL. It doesn't matter. Well, you know, because Ozhikhanov did and Zaitsev did. Okay, but like Panarin did, and like good players have done it. Yeah. Like it matters a little. Yeah, it matters a little. Um, you don't put up don't, bad numbers in the AHL and then go to the NHL and go, oh, I'm a star now. Right? Like I, my, my hope is this guy who has played on North American ice, which Mikko Lettinen hadn't really. My hope is this guy can be what we thought Mikko Lettinen was going to be. And he can help out the power play. We'll see. Okay. Um, Jesse, did you want to say something? You look like you were going to say something. No, go ahead. Continue. Okay. Um, and I'm just getting through the rest of it. Josh Hosang uh will come to camp on a pto and you know and then you know it's a pto yeah it's a pto like whatever it's great and listen the guy's got tons of skill so i'm not sure what 
fully like the thing with Josh Hosang, it's always like uh, um, you knew he had the skill, but for whatever reason, it just never came together or teams didn't give him a shot. And, you know, because he had a different personality and it didn't fit the traditional hockey mold, which we're finding out is probably that might be a good thing. Um, and so I think uh, I, I think the Leafs are the place for Josh Hosang to give it one last shot, because as Duba said in the press conference, it is sort of a do or die for him. Right. This is this has got it. He's got to do it now. It's uh, it, to me, it's a bit of a last shot uh, because like I'm going to his hockey DB from the 18-19 season, Islanders, 10 games, Bridgeport Sound Tigers, 16 games, San Antonio Rampage, 6 games, Orebro this past season in Sweden, 5 games, Linkoping in Sweden this past season, 4 games. That's a lot of teams, man. That's a lot of teams. But how many PTOs get signed on the first day of free agency? Like, to me, that sounds like a commitment, Right. It's a, it's a, it's, it is and it isn't. A PTO is not a commitment, but I'm willing to bet he's going to be working out with the Leafs this summer. He's going to be working out with their staff. He's going to be working out with the Leafs in a way that a player simply skating with players, you know, in the summer to keep in shape. He's going to be working with them in a, in a way that's more than casual. If well, that if makes sense. If you're the Leafs, that's the right thing to do. Like if he's a PTO guy, you'd want to give him, this is the thing I don't understand about NHL teams. They sign these PTO guys and they're like, make it sucker. Like try, just try to make my days. team. Yeah. <laughs> try to make my fucking team. Yeah. It's like, why not just give them the support and give them an opportunity to like that. I have to say, I, if, if that's the case, if he's going to be working out with the training staff, understanding the expectations of what it's going to take for him to be on the AHL squad or the NHL squad, whatever it is, why wouldn't you give him the support to try to maximize that potential? That's, so that's a pure guess for me, by the way. It's well, if, if, if the guess is correct, and I think it makes a lot of sense. And no, PTOs are usually last-minute things, Steve. They're usually right before yeah. training camp. Here's yeah. a guess as to why other teams don't do it. It's because uh, giving people resources costs money, and other teams are so cheap, and they don't spend the money. Do you remember when that leak happened about the rest of the league fighting back on the Leafs, um, oh. giving uh, their players access to facilities in the offseason? And they're like, no, you can't be doing this, Toronto. You have too much money. So I assume it's the same thing with something like this, where it's, hey, most teams don't give a guy a two-month head start on a PTO because they don't want to employ a guy for two months extra. Yeah, well, spend over the cap by millions of dollars. By uh, all means, by all means, that's fine. You paid for a guy's plane ticket from Latvia. You let him use ice in a Tobacco during whoa, whoa, the off season. What happened to my sport? Are you trying to make what it happened past to the, the first round? You did. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, uh, yeah, the yeah, Leafs are the yeah. threat here. All right, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Now, Get out of here. given what the right-handed shot defensive market was today, and it was wowza, and we're going to go over that. It starts with Dougie Hamilton, who rightfully gets the big fat contract he deserves. Right, rightfully. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you get guys like uh, the Canucks who brought on, and let me, let me pull this up, like Tyson Berry getting, you know, four and a half million over three years. Don't orders. hate it. Cody Ceci getting 3.25 million. I, to me, it's having both. Okay. And, but here's, here's what I say. And then like a guy like Vancouver made this signing and I just, I, I can't remember the guy's name. So I'm pulling it up. Travis Hammond? Um, who's that? Pullman. Tra Tra Tucker Pullman. Oh boy. Two, four years at 2.5 million a year for Tucker Pullman. I mean, great for him. 
Oh yeah. Like, holy smokes. Like, so you see, okay. So people are saying, listen, you, you, you owe Justin Hall an apology, man. This had nothing to do with Justin Hall. For me, it was about asset management. And I said, if right-handed shot defensemen are worth that much, then trade them because you could get a fucking boatload for them. And but I think- Replace them with who? Right, then you need- a No hall. way. I, their numbers together aren't that bad, guys. And I think, it, I, think, I think Justin Hall's value is propped up by Jake Muzzin by a, like a lot more than people give it credit for. Maybe. But well, then definitely. You, you'd need somebody to play with Jake Muzzin. I don't know if it's Dermot. Like, the Leafs defense isn't the issue here. I know. Yeah. I'm just it's, saying. I'm upset. Yeah. Let me if, be upset. Okay. So this is this is my question. If this is the roster of the Toronto Maple Leafs on day one of the NHL regular season, if it's October 13th and we're sitting here and this is their roster, are you guys happy with that? What do you think of it? Is, well, is Hosang the roster or not? Uh, let's say let's, Hosang played well and he's there, um, like, depth forward he's probably scratched healthily. he might be Most first time. line jesse like they, okay, they, no. <laughs> no. Well, might be first line they were it, saying that it, it, these are this... the guys you have to play with and let's say hosang is your extra skater he's scratched and he's a healthy scratch to make this infinitely easier i'm going to say hosang doesn't make the team yeah um so okay what do you matthews guys think marner matthews marner that's easy tavares nylander that's easy uh simmons will be on the team kerfoot mm-hmm yeah, I got to think Robertson probably plays at least the first ten games. Yeah, although they're saying, "Oh, well, he needs another year in the AHL." I'm like, they don't probably they probably don't have a choice. Yeah, He's put him in. Got to play with the Leafs. He's got to play. He's on the left side, probably on line two or three. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby, Bunting uh, will be first line. They're already saying that. Probably, yeah. There you go. Put him uh, in there. Oh boy, I'm really struggling here. You know what? I Jesus, I think you're right. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm not having fun. I'm not having a good time right now. So I have Bunting, Matthews, Marner, Kerfoot, mm-hmm. Nylander. Or sorry, Kerfoot, Tavares, Nylander. Mm-hmm. I have Kerfoot on left wing. They're, they're so thin. And then what do you do? There's McKay. And then you do Engvall, Brooks, Simmons? It's, no, that's a fourth line. That's Conf? not good enough. Conf? They can't score. Well, no. That line can't score. Well, neither can Conf, though. This is what I'm saying, man. If defense wasn't the issue last year, then go get some depth scoring and use the defenseman that's got value to do it. You gotta, you gotta trade Engvall or bury that deal. All right. And I think, I think you need to strongly six, consider trading even McKayev. The possibly. six forwards you have left are. Brooks, Engvall, Engvall uh, Mikheyev, Simmons, Spezza, and I'm missing one. And Conf. So there's six. Okay, Simmons. Sorry, Spezza I don't hate as the fourth-line center. Conf mm-hmm. um, I don't hate as the third-line center. Spezza is going to be wing. Yeah? Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I think at this point in his career, Listen, he's probably... I, I don't think you hate a roster with a 100-point right winger and a 50-goal scoring center. Yep. And... Despite everybody being extremely down on John Tavares, uh, which I still don't understand because the guy's play, he's a point of game player and he can play defensively too. Like he's responsible defensively. I don't, I don't get the the hate on for Tavares at all. Um, I don't think you hate any of the players on the team. Maybe you don't love the contracts, but here's what I don't like. I don't like how centered on four guys, this entire team's fortunes are. I agree with that. Here, let me take my best stab at this, okay? Mm-hmm. Bunting, Matthews, Marner. 
Mm-hmm. No combination of anybody is going to look bad with those two. Mm-hmm. Right? No. Kerfoot, Tavares, Nylander. We know it works. We've still mm-hmm. hate it. That's I'll a good line. The third line I threw together is Mikheyev, Kampf, Simmons. Mikheyev, Kampf, Simmons. Pain in the uh, ass. Yeah, you, you hate playing them. Can't. It, it, Not a really a threat on offense, but it's okay. A non-option on offense. but And then the fourth line is an all-offensive fourth line and a bunch of fun, and you can use them throughout the lineup and potentially on the power play if you need an adjustment. I have Robertson, Brooks, Spezza. Oh, I like that. It's a fun line. That's mm-hmm. a fun line. Yeah, that's, know what, that's good. If, if you yeah. line match with another team's fourth line, they're going to beat them. Yeah. I I would. I'll take that line. I'll take mm-hmm. that. Spence had 30 points last year. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take that line. And, and who knows first. what Robertson can be. Like he can, he can be a first line star. He can be that fourth line guy that we need. Energy guy. Who knows? And we'll find that out. You know, he's, he's and earned a shot. He's earned a shot. Last year was such a fragmented season because of injury. He did well enough in the AHL. We know he's a soldier. He's earned a shot. He should make this team out of camp. Okay. Okay. So that's good. I look at that team and I say, you're probably behind Tampa and oh, yeah. Florida and may, probably Montreal at this Ooh, point. I don't still. know about Montreal. We'll see. Ooh, I don't know about that roster now. They're, they don't have any centers left. I have them as a playoff team. The the Leafs, at least. Well, and know, they lost the division. They lost Bogosian on defense, and I like Bogosian, but like, if you're gonna lose one guy, I mean, it's really it's not that bad. You can still make a move with Dermot, or you can keep him, or it's the least of my worries. Sandine and Lilligren are also gonna get their shots this year. They have 100%. to, hundred percent. They have to, hundred percent. It's time for those guys to step up. Um, but I, I think when you, when you look at, so you think, yeah, Jesse did complete that Panthers, lightning, Boston, locks. Oh, Boston. I lost. Oh, yeah. I lost off yeah. There, yeah. And then Montreal finished 18th this year. Then they lost to no, yeah. I'm, and they're not, and Carey price may not play and Shea Weber, you know, I know, I know they got Savard, but so that's good. Yeah. So we'll rank the Leafs ahead of Montreal for this. I think so. I think so. We have them coming in fourth ahead of Montreal, Ottawa, who looks surprisingly could be sneaky good, mm-hmm. uh, Detroit and Buffalo. Uh, how could you rank the Leafs above Montreal? Uh, to answer your question, Habs fans, for all the reasons that you said yourselves out loud before the playoffs even began. Yeah. Uh, like, let's let's be honest. Let's have an honest conversation here. Um, it's not the greatest. It's okay. It could make the playoffs. I think Engvall's probably got to go. There is a little bit of wiggle room here, so that's okay. Florida also didn't necessarily get better, I don't think, in the last. The Carter Verhage contract was a shockingly big amount of money. A year before it needed to be signed. Here's the thing about bets. You usually don't hit on all of them. (laughs) And the Panthers went, Bennett's. He was small sample size, but Bennett's. Montour, we know you weren't very good before you joined us, but Montour and Verhage, we know you barely played in the NHL before you played with us, but Verhage, they really, really slammed some money down. Uh, Big bets, Bill Zito didn't do anything with subtlety. And Verhage is interesting because he's he's a year out from being a free agent. Like he makes a million dollars this year and then that extension will kick in. Although according to Capron, really? it's not totally confirmed yet. Yeah. Bennett or not Bennett too. Did Bennett do the same thing? No, Bennett was a free agent. Um, uh, Braden Point did. 
Braden Point did well. <sighs> Duh. Um, I think I, I don't hate the Leafs lineup, but I yeah. my question is this: Are they better? No. No. I like the goaltending situation a lot better. Uh, for anybody mm-hmm. that thinks uh, that uh, that the that like the Carolina contract with Freddie Anderson, that's a bet. Like I have to be honest, and this doesn't make me happy because I loved cheering for Freddie Anderson and like... Vezina quality for three years here in Toronto. Um, he was unplayable. They could not put him in in the in the in the playoffs at all. He was unplayable at the AHL level before the playoffs because of these injuries, and I I'm shocked that they would sign him to that kind of money in that kind of term. But we'll here's, get to the- here's the honest the oh, we'll get to the Canes. We can go to the Canes. Do you want to go to the Canes? I want to go to the Canes. Yeah, to we Canes. should we should wrap up the Leafs. Okay, okay, let's wrap up. Let's yeah. wrap up. So the their Leafs goalie situation is, is an improvement over last season. Yeah, but they if, if ended healthy. Yeah. yeah, where they ended last season was uh, Campbell and essentially Riddich because you couldn't really play Anderson. Yeah, mm-hmm. there were so few non. Um, there were so few options where there was no injury concern. Even Allmark, mm-hmm. you know, was hurt last year. Goalies get hurt, man. Mm-hmm. Goalies get hurt and by the end of the year next year. The Bruins could have theoretically have a depth chart of um, Allmark and Swayman and Rask. <laughs> yeah, he could sign a contract with the midseason after he recovers mm-hmm. from surgery, which is something I'm pretty sure I predicted months ago. And they should could happen. Wait, yeah, around seven, February yeah. he should be uh, getting ready to go. Totally. Yeah. And if you're Boston, why wouldn't you do that? That's spectacular. Yeah. Um, um, defense, but, they're the same. Pretty much, right? Yeah. Minus Bogosian, yeah. But pretty yes, much. Even. Yeah. Um, forward, Hyman's going to – the Hyman loss is big. But I – okay, so here's, here's a question that I have, and I was thinking about this with Zach Hyman. You know when you're in a group project and there's that one person that works really, really hard, and you're like, I, want, I could work hard, but this person's going to do the work anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And then you, you are the next group project. That person's in a different group for seven years with a no movement clause. Um, and you realize that there's nobody around that's going to do the hard work. And you know that you're capable of doing the hard work. And, you know, also having the great attitude too and being a good person. Um, I wonder if Zach Hyman not being there will force something out of some of the players. And I know this seems like backwards logic. But I wonder if him not being there forces them to push it even harder. And I know that sounds I like odd. I like your thinking. I Do like you? positivity. I oh, I, I love positivity. <laughs> but I'm sorry if a do or die game seven can't force it out of you, nothing will. Okay. Uh, well, I'm I'm hoping that I uh, listen. Do I, I, I'm cheering as much as I don't agree with this this tack that Dubas is taking. I want him to be right. I want to be, I want to get dunked on at the end of next season. I want the Leafs have lower expectations now than they have in the entire Dubas era, by the way. Oh yeah. Easily. Like, no, like the pressure's off now. People are like, okay, we've, we've seen this movie. Here's, here's the problem with the Leafs looking better heading into the playoffs. They looked fantastic and our eyes lied. (laughs) Our eyes lied, man. Did our eyes lie or did they let themselves down? That right. one. And they, it only lied for three games. It was for the first four games that they didn't lie. 
We saw exactly the team we saw in the regular season. And not even all of the three games. No, in, in game, what was it, five? Just they, the most important chunks of three games. They could have won that one too, but... <laughs> ah! Uh, we don't need to rehash that. It's like when you're in, again, back Why in not? high school, you start the, you start the semester on a tear in a particular class. And then you just stop doing your homework and you're like, ah, I might get a 70 out of this. Yeah. Um, when you start doing the calculations about, okay, so the last three exams are worth 35% of my grade. So even if I failed those, I would still pass the class. So I'm going to get like a 60 on those and I'll still end with like yeah. a 75. I'll be absent for the exam. Who gives <laughs> yeah. The worst, in fact, worst, even worst if I show feeling. up and get 20%, it's okay. Yeah. Worst feeling as a student is struggling in math and trying to calculate what your math mark is mm. i did it a lot and i was just like i can't do this because i suck at math do i suck at math bad enough to fail i'll never know um listen we've been negative about the leafs because they deserve it i don't hate the lineup as it stands right now i didn't have high yeah. expectations about this day but i have serious questions and serious reservations. And really, at the end of the day, it isn't about the guys they're bringing in. I know what Peter Morazic is. Detroit fans know. Carolina fans know. We know what Peter Morazic is. Googly. We know the, the rest of the guys are, the, it's guy. Guy, 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 guy. Right? Good for Josh Hosang. Hopefully, he makes the team. That'd be great. What I am most questioning this offseason is the core four. I, and in fact, it's really two of the core four. You William can't Nylander, ask for better. William Nylander has always been William Nylander. Yeah. He is cons- the only year he wasn't William Nylander was the year that he missed training camp in half the season when he signed the contract. Tavares, hot start, wicked, or sorry, bad start, wicked finish. Wicked finish. And frankly, pretty consistent in his, in his years with the Leafs. Um, Matthews. Matthews and Marner were spectacular in the regular season. Like you... We again, we can't evaluate until uh, next spring. It's the worst feeling. It's the worst feeling. Capitals fans, I need you to talk me through this and explain how I cope. <laughs> You're the only ones I think we can rely on. Hey, Capitals, that's not fair to Capitals fans. The Capitals won playoff rounds. Yeah, but it was they ran into the same black and yellow team every year. And it ruined their good time. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Except we've decided to spice it up and throw the blue jackets and Habs in there. And yeah. Oh man. But Adam, the the reason you question two of the core four is because they have contracts that are outpaying their performances. If they were no. paid less at the on the cap, they would be perfectly fine because well, our expectations would be lower because they wouldn't be making this amount of money. To be oddly specific about that, Jesse, um, during the regular season, both of them live up to their contracts. 100%. Like Matthews won the Rocket. Like, what do you expect? 11 and a half million bucks? Yeah, I expect you to win the Rocket. That's pretty great. Or be pretty close. And he had a special year. And it's such a fucking shame. Like, you know, it's it's such an allegory for what being a Leaf fan is. Matthews scores four goals in his first game as a Leaf, and they fucking lose in overtime. That's being a Leaf fan. Matthews wins the Rocket Richard. It's the first time a Leaf has, has led the league in goals since the fucking 1940s. It's like World War II. And no one's talking about it. And so, and then and because of what the playoffs were. And I think, so I would say they earned every cent in the, in, in the, uh, in the regular season. 
It's Marner was fourth in scoring overall in the. Like, what do you expect? That that's really good. I and think I that's good him, value. Defending him every step of the way. Oh, he's being paid like a superstar. I, look, look at the numbers. Is that that's what a superstar does? What are you yeah. talking about? But but a superstar I, I'm sorry, shows this, up in the playoffs, man. And Steve, you're right. I think, and Jesse, I think you're right. The super and superstar stands for playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's what makes you a superstar. And Brandon Matthews and Marner, a superstar. Yeah, superstar wins big in tough moments. Um, you know, you see what what the Bucks did and Giannis did, uh, uh, you know, recently with the finals, right? Pushed and pushed and pushed and, you know, ran into this team, ran into that team. What's up, Steve? But until he did it, he was a bum. And Budenholzer was a bum. And you know, yeah. everything about the Bucks was sort of leafy. I think the best basketball analogy is probably the 76ers. You know, the young, hot talent, and pff, they completely disappear in the playoffs. But that was the Bucks. Well, the Milwaukee Bucks. The, the, the Milwaukee Bucks were a Kevin Durant half shoe size away from being eliminated Lost. in the semifinals. Lost. Yeah, literally, his toe was on the line. His shot was a two instead of a three. And then they ended up winning that game. So there, there's a certain amount of luck that has to go into you winning uh, professional sports playoff games. Like, you need that luck but also get into the position where you lose the game on luck or you win it on luck instead of uh, you collapsing. How right? about the Leafs erased a three-goal uh, deficit in game five? They could have won the first round in five games, and Alexander Galchenyuk gives the puck away. You know, So they did get to that position. They blew it. They were on the wrong side of the toe. Right. So I think, okay, this is a very long bow. Here's the bow. We're just not going to know. And we need to do our best to enjoy the next till April. <laughs> we we got to do our best. Uh, so Jesse and I's birthday. There you go. <laughs> that's we, what April is for everybody. Yeah. That's the whole. I know, that's, I know that that's what you guys, you put everybody who listens to this show, puts it in their Apple calendar. I know right, that. Right. Yeah. Jesse and Adam's month. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what I, I call it. That's I what, yeah. We're renaming it. It's yeah. Jesse and Adam's well, months. We're, we're simply we're not we're asking know. for the Leafs to fall on the right side of the toe. We're asking yes. them to be the yes. Bucks instead of the Nets. And you Something know, they which is, cannot do. Yeah, which April. just seems impossible for the Leafs to accomplish, and they can't do it until April. So, so let me ask. I know we're putting a bow on this, but fuck it. Let's keep no, going this, here for just a this six. This is second. the most oh, interesting thing. Okay. Quick second okay. here. Quick okay. second here. Don't bear with me on this one. No. Ethan? Is it fair to say that after five years of the Matthews, Marner, Nylander era, that it's okay to be hard on them until they do it? Yes. That's so, how it works. That you, you haven't done it until you do it. So until you do it, you don't get credit for doing it. That's just so, They got to do it all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, no, no. But my, my point is like get to the second and third round. And I, I, think, I think they can. I think they can. For sure they can. But and I don't blame Dubas for doubling down because what fucking choice does he have? Right. Yeah. But 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 me trade this year, one of them. Or- I am gonna be hard on this team until they fucking do it, man. And I, and here's the thing: we sang these guys' praises for another six seven months this year, and then it all falls apart in the first round, and all of a sudden we're being too hard on. I at, at the I love my job, but if I had a time machine. I'd 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 literally burst into the studio during Kyle Dubas's "We Can and We Will" interview and and pour Pepsi all over the microphone and all over the equipment and just ruin the studio and get fired. 
You know, I'd, it w- I would lose my job and I would lose my income, but I would save the team. <laughs> well, he's, you wouldn't he kill baby Hitler either. first. <laughs> the time machine doesn't go back that far. Ah, ah all right. Listen, yeah, 2018. It's, it's, that's it. it's, it's the cheap. 2018 only time machine it's cheap yeah <laughs> don't don't you pay the extra dollar for the, the expensive time machine it's what it oh oh why don't, why don't i just pay for ex, express shipping to there scrooge mcduck that's good what? there jesse well that done. was good well done that hey by the good. way you know what you know who we have to blame for the least failure 31 Me? thoughts this is merrick and friedman's fault because that's why? where he said it he said that we can and we will on that oh, podcast. Oh, 31 thoughts? Is that where he said it? Yeah. I think he recorded it in the main studio, though. Well, I, I know, but I, it for I'm pretty sure he said it on their show. No way. I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure. Pretty I, always sure. Thought it was, I always remembered it as a press conference. But you know, and as two guys who were so mean and bullies, like Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, who have been spectacular human beings, say. and we love them, mm-hmm. um, and they know we're kidding. Uh, uh, we blame them. We have to put it on them. It's their fault. Oh, Adam's um, right. July 4th, 2018. 31 thoughts. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. We can and we will. And wow. they did. It just maybe wasn't yep. the right choice. Um, okay. So we want to get into the Canes. There's a lot here. With the Canes, there's a lot here. And, you know, we could talk about the goaltending situation, which we should. But I think we need to start with the fact that for some perplexing reason, Carolina is a team to me that is just about as close to almost perfect as you can get. Like that is it. You have Slavin and Hamilton. You got a good goaltending duo last year with Mrazek and Reimer. You've got a forward group. That's pretty spectacular. And Nadelkovic. And Nadelkovic. She was like, yeah, this goalie that's come out of nowhere. And then you got Rod Brindamore, who is the most beloved coach and probably, I mean, w- would you call him the best coach in the league? Top three, him, Barry Trotz, John Cooper. Top five minimum. Yeah. Yeah. And for whatever reason, and, and I, this, you have to chalk this up to the owner. They are working on a budget to save several million dollars here and there. They are grinding the coaching staff. They are grinding the players and they are making Don Waddell make moves that in a full cap situation, Don Waddell would not have to make. And that starts with, and according to Sarah Sivian, um, their, their final offer was somewhere in the neighborhood of $6.2 million a season to Dougie Hamilton. He signed for nine. That was, now, that could have been updated since I did, but Sarah, Sarah's a pretty good, uh, pretty good source on the Canes. So I'm going to trust what she says. I believe it. I believe yeah. it, too. They let Nadelkovic go for, yes, for three and a half or three. Yeah, yeah. and Sarah, you could tell Sarah's tweeting this like, Really? And, and so, you know, you're, you're offering him that that's ridiculous. Okay. And you are allowing for Dougie Hamilton to walk. Cause you make a deal like that. You, you make an offer like that to Dougie Hamilton. You know, he's not going to take it. I no. hang up the phone and don't call you for three days. A hundred percent. You know, he's gone. I, so, I, I give you three days to look up who the fuck you're talking to. So here's <laughs> you offer me that kind of money. I'm Dougie Hamilton. Well, And, and okay. they offered it to him today. Some reports had it as high as seven million, but even then, like, no. Who do you think you're talking right. to? Right. And uh, I know Mike Fuda is not necessarily the biggest fan of Dougie Hamilton, as he said on the broadcast today, which I was shocked by. But the rest of the league seems to be. And nine million dollars a year is a pretty good amount of money for a top shot right-handed defenseman. 
if, uh, if Vancouver signing uh, Tucker Pullman to 2.5, Dougie Hamilton's worth every cent of that 9 million. And so beyond that, you know, we, we talked about Nadalkovich last episode, but then, you know, one of the things about the hurricanes that we've loved for so long, the bunch of jerks, the, 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 what is it? The title what's the, the wave at the end. What are the, why is storm that surge. storm surge at the end when they get the fans clapping and that used to piss Don cherry off, which I loved. I love that. He was mad about that. It was great because it was new and it was fun and the fans are involved and let's be straight here. They're going out and bargain bin shopping guys who have enormous asterisks next to their names. No, I don't need to tell you what Tony D'Angelo did even just last season. Like if you ignore all of the rest of the stuff, Tony D'Angelo was punched out by his own goaltender and kicked off the New York Rangers who had a terrible season last year and and had just signed him to two years and they kicked him out after six games. Great teammate though. Well, and so, and then, and and I don't know if this deal is finalized or if it's even happened yet. So they get Tony D'Angelo and I'm assuming Tony D'Angelo is going to replace Dougie Hamilton's minutes. On the power play at very least. On the power play. So for a million dollars, they get Tony D'Angelo, which from a hockey perspective, what a great steal. Right? Jay Fresh had a great line when he posted his wins above replacement card. It's basically he's a really capable offensive defenseman with great numbers. It says something about how much of a prick he must be that the Rangers don't want him. And then you apparently, and I don't know if this deal is finalized, like I said, Jake Furtanen. Let me remind you that is, Jake Furtanen. Really? That there was there was apparently interest shown. I don't know if this has happened. Oh, it, okay, because I okay. didn't see that. I did see that. I did okay. see that. I don't think it's signed uh, signed up yet. I but, saw the interest. I didn't. But see the that. interest in Jake Furtanen. I don't think the deal is signed yet, if it even happens at all. Jake Furtanen, who has a sexual assault allegation pending. Investigation. Investigation happening right now. So Sarah Sivian reported a a source close to the Hurricanes say the team never had interest in Jake Vertanen. According to the source, there were trade talks with Vancouver that did not include Vertanen. According to the source, the Canes have no interest in the player. Good. Great. There you go. That's great to hear. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to read you a thought um, from a... uh, a, Yeah, Tony D'Angelo. Well, I want to read you a thought from a... Carolina Hurricanes season ticket holder. Can I, can I read this? Mm-hmm. Please do. When the Tony D'Angelo news started to kind of percolate and you saw the Canes and the connection there, this fan wrote this, and this is from earlier this morning, about 9.57 Eastern. So after emailing my Canes ticket rep that I'd consider canceling my tickets if they signed D'Angelo yesterday, the rep touched base with me via phone just a moment ago, and here's what I've learned. He wouldn't mention the player by name, but it sounds like it's a done deal. Waddell usually does a, uh, a day one free agent presser. And while uh, one wasn't official, we, I was told to expect one. The team knows many fans are upset, angry, and that their brand are going to take a hit. Their brand is going to take a hit. And remember what I told you about this brand, right? The fans love it. The people around the team and or, or, or people around the league envy this brand. There's a real connection with we've earned this. We're doing this together. This, this locker room loves each other. The main focus of the call, according to this particular fan, was trust Rod. He got, quote, he got rid of locker room cancers three years ago, and we wouldn't be making this signing if we thought it was an issue. 
We've had feedback from Stahl and Slavin, and if they didn't think it was the best move, it wouldn't be done. Uh, this fan said, I responded with, I'm sure you had feedback from former teammates as well. He said, yes. I asked if they understood that the image of this fun-loving team that had become everybody's favorite second team was going to be severely damaged. He said, trust Rod. So that's it. Rod is now not only supposed to coach, but rehabilitate a habitual locker room cancer. That's messaging straight from the Canes. Now, the Canes media went right in on 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 Waddell today. Wachitsky asked about Wish- the insurrection. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So let me read this. Yes. Oh, let me read this. <laughs> I didn't see so, this. So Greg Wachitsky said, do you agree with the January 6th in- insurrection at the Capitol? And Tony D'Angelo said, it's the most no, surreal don't. question ever asked I mean, in the history of hockey media. It's, it's the most. Fucking- what? Wow. <laughs> Wow. Who did he ask? Do you agree with the attempted overthrowing of the United States? Yes, Tony D'Angelo. Yes, yes. No fucking way. Because he's on parlor, dude. Like, yeah. What what, what were the the tweet I saw today, which is a little bit snide, but it was like Tony Q. Angelo. Uh, (laughs) Oh, that's an old one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, What was his response? He said, no, he didn't. (laughs) By the way, that's uh, so funny. NYR fan 977-998-65-9865 is now going to be a Hurricanes fan. So I'm, I'm just letting you know that apparently D'Angelo's burner is really thrilled about this too. And uh, Greg Rashinsky did tweet that Don Waddell said the Hurricanes have not directly told Tony D'Angelo not to have a social media presence. So there's that. And they asked Tony about, um, um, they, they asked Don Waddell, let me, let me, Sarah Sivin didn't have ch- a chance to quote this, specifically because she was paying attention to the press conference. But she said, what is it about Tony D'Angelo that you think has changed to Don Waddell? And what he kept repeating in this press conference was, you can just tell, you can just tell. And then there was- We know he's good at hockey. Right. And then there was some- Shit hasn't changed. He was working with a group in New York and that they talked to this group in New York. And that's, so there's that. Like who? Right. The, the International Federation of uh, Pizza Parlors, like what, what organization in New York? Is there a place on earth with less, with, with, with more organizations? What organization? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Be more vague. Just say you know he's good at hockey. Like, stop implying. I wish the Carolina Hurricanes would stop implying that paying Carolina Hurricane fans and customers are stupid. I wish they would stop. He's good at hockey, guys. Mm-hmm. I know that. We all know that. Tony Angelo's good at hockey. That's why he signed him. Just say it. Own it. Um, Steven a bunch Wino. of disingenuous liars. It's Steven. not as catchy. I don't think it would sell many shirts, but. Um, Stephen Wino uh, tweeted this. Tony D'Angelo says on a video call that his problems stemmed from his competitiveness and being competitive. Okay. And he quoted and said, I just have to prove it to the Hurricanes that that was the case. And then, I, just, I just have to prove it to the Sarnia thing. I just have to prove it to the Lightning. I just have to prove it to the Coyotes. I just have to prove it to the Rangers. You know, there's been a lot of talk about second chances in this past week. This guy's past his, man. <laughs> he's past his. But here it is again. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's lost millions of dollars now, right? 
Yeah, like the one thing he's still getting, like, he's still getting paid a million dollars to play NHL hockey. Right, and and uh, true. I'm just saying, like, okay, so he had he had a million. What did he have? A five million dollar? Like he's gonna get he's gonna get of the ten million dollars he signed for last year. He's nine. gonna get or nine million or whatever it was. He's gonna get like a million and then a million this year. It's not good. Um, so I, I don't know. That sounds pretty good. For for being yeah, man, like, a, a Trump supporting asshole, like that's a lot to get away with. It getting, it's not, and you still get millions of dollars, and a bunch of teams don't want you, and you get to play hockey for a living. And it's here's the funny, good. the funny part is the Trump supporting thing is is like how many pegs down the list is that? Right. And, and so he was, let's keep, yes, he was on a lot of teams shitless long before Donald Trump ever decided. You know yeah. what? I'm done with this talk show thing. Forget the Trump thing. Like, now, now, also beyond that, so Stephen Wino goes on to tweet, D'Angelo asked by Wyshynski, said he does not support the Jan 6 insurrection at the Capitol, which is just legi- legitimately surreal questions I've ever heard. It's the oh most surreal question ever asked at a hockey press conference in the history of the sport. Could anyone other than Greg ask that? No. No, God bless him. Yeah, honestly. Like, um, uh, uh, yes. Stephen Wino asked Tony D'Angelo about the, quote, incident that caused the Rangers to send him home. He refused to answer, said there had been some misunderstanding about what happened. Quote, it's in the past. There's mistakes made by myself that I take responsibility for. And then follows it up. And this is just the one final tweet. Tony D'Angelo says he hopes Hurricanes fans don't cancel their season tickets plan. Quote, stick with us. Give me a shot. Cancel folks. Cancel them. I mean, yo, know, I, I, I think, I think at the end of the day here, um, it's it, here's, here's what it was. You know, we talked about this with the Canadians who, by the way, we will talk about again. Don't worry. They haven't gotten away. Um, just like with, uh, Logan Malou or Mayu or however you pronounce Mayu, his name. I think. Um, just like with him, this is great. The Carolina hurricanes didn't want to pay Dougie Hamilton. So they got, Bargain bin, racist connection, uh, and many other things, and bad noted bad teammate, Tony D'Angelo. Now, people keep saying, oh, well, I keep checking in with his teammates. I think Mike Rupp, who's a former NHL player, and I think he, he works in Pittsburgh, said, well, you know, Tony D'Angelo, uh, uh, you know, everybody that I uh, talk to says he's a good teammate. No, a guy punched him in the face, and he got kicked off a hockey team. Good teammates don't get punched in the face and kicked off teams multiple I- times. I mean, not very few people are universally hated. Like even Thanos had buddies. Okay. So I, I think you just, and I wouldn't necessarily compare the two. It's a little different, but at the end of the day. Well, one's never had a movie made about them. That's true. At the end of the day, yeah. it's greed, man. They wanted to save a few million bucks. And the thing is, the hurricanes are too good for this. You worked so hard to create this. Adam, evidently. No, they're not. No. Yeah. Oh, no, they're not. Not anymore. Kevin we Weeks. Say that. Kevin Weeks. This wasn't the context, but, you know, former Carolina Hurricanes goalie, Kevin Weeks. Um, he was talking about something to do with free agency this past week. And he said something that I, I've heard variations of, but never quite this version. They're trying to buy champagne with beer money. Wow. <laughs> and That's it's good. just just not going to work. Hmm. And their goaltending situation if we're going to move to that. Yes, that's exactly where I was going next. And just so, just lastly, lastly on the signing, it's just there's a certain 
I, I, I don't know if it's everybody. The most people in hockey will put the on ice product above everything else. You know, like it doesn't matter who you are as a person. doesn't matter what you do. If you can play hockey, you can play for our team. If, if you're good at hockey, we'll put you here. We don't really care what you are as a person. You're just a hockey player. And that's not how this should operate. You should also take into account the type of person the person is and everything they have done in their lives, outside of hockey, inside of the organization. If you are going to employ them and give them money, they should also probably be a decent human being. I, I wanted to say this too, because everybody, yeah, because every organization talks about character. If Bill Peters had actually been a good head coach, which he never was in the two teams he got to coach, he was never a good coach. Teams no. were always terrible in him. Yeah. No. If he had been a good coach, what are the chances he's back in the NHL this season? 100%. Maybe not oh. this season or maybe a, not as a head coach, as assistant. Yeah. AHL maybe. Cause he, yeah. Cause he's honestly, he stunk and he was an asshole. Um, if you is, are, if you are good at your job within hockey, it trumps you being a giant dick bag. <laughs> there you go. That's how now, it works. Steve from dick bags to goalies. What would you like to say about the Carolina goaltending situation? So the Hurricanes signed two goalies who are good when they're healthy. That's good. That's a good place mm -hmm. to start. Freddie Anderson hasn't been healthy and good both at the same time for two years. That's a problem. Anti Ranta, when healthy, is a good goalie. Two of the past three seasons, he's played in 12 games. Th that's not enough. That's not enough, guys. He was a 905 this past season in 12 games. The season Analytical before, darling. Analytical darling. Oh, right? he's a great goalie. Like when he's on, man. Uh, 921 in 33 games the season before. Wicked. 906 in 12 games the season before. 930 in 47 games the year before. Holy shit, this guy's amazing. 922 in 29. 919 in 24. Mm -hmm. Like the numbers are 936 and 14. His numbers since 2014 are consistently very, very good. He has played more than 30 games in the NHL twice. Uh, it's just a huge risk. It's a, they're, the Hurricanes need to be prepared for a situation where both guys are down. Right. Because let's remind people who didn't watch Leaf games this year, of which there are many who listen to this show. What was Freddie Anderson this year, Steve? What was he? What was he? Where was he? Injured, never playing. What, was it, what were his numbers like uh, when he was me, playing? Let me look it up. It's, it's, it might hurt my eyes, though. Here, let let me, me put it to you this way. i got to put on protective goggles here. While Steve's looking that up, just to give you an idea. He was an 895. And how many wins? Uh, 13. He was 13, 8, and 3, actually. 13, 8, and 3. Okay. Oh, Jack okay. Campbell was 17, 3, and 2. Wow. Holy shit. <laughs> Including an 11-game winning streak. He was pretty good, eh? Um, he was pretty good. The mm. defense was good, too. But I just want to throw that out there is that, you know, an 895 on a team that was really good defensively and won the division in what was called at the time, if you want to call it a weak division, although somebody from that division made the finals. Um. You could have just had an Adelkovich. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. So Mrazic signs for what? 3.8? 3.8, yes. And what is Nadelkovich signed for? I think it was two times three in Detroit. Okay. So, can, I read, can I read you the Ben Pope tweet? Oh, sure, yeah. 
It's Anderson for a 4.5 and Ranta for 2 million. So 6.5 total. Delkovich uh, signed in Detroit for three. Morazic in Toronto for 3.8. So 6.8 total. Almost saved 0.3 million dollars. Or they could like you could have had Nadelkovich and Ranta. Yeah. There are fewer question marks with that tandem than there are with Anderson. I listen, there is definitely a scenario where this kicks ass for them. It's a lot of ifs. It's a lot of ifs. What how is like Rod Brindamore can do a lot? Maybe he can make an asshole not one. We'll see. But can he make an injury-prone goalie tandem not injury-prone? And in their 30s, by the way. They're 31 and 32 years old. Oh, imagine being that old. Well, 33. You know, imagine. Yeah, but, but it's, we, it's real risky. We don't, I, I, we don't drop to our knees 100 times a day to save a puck, right? That, that wears on your body. Yes, sorry. There was a tweet three minutes ago from Elliot Friedman, and it's about the Leafs. So everyone, shut up. We're we're talking about it. What do we got? Toronto has indicated it is protecting its remaining cap space, approximately three point five million. So obviously they're allocating it differently than cap friendly is right yeah. now. For a forward, likely a winger for the top six, could be someone remaining in free agency or from another team needing cap relief. We will see where this goes. Stay tuned. Interesting. Okay. Stay tuned. Uh, like during the show, there, Fridge. That'd yeah. be pretty good. Um, maybe uh, shoot him a text and be like, "Hey, is this going to happen during the show? How long do we need to keep going?" I'm literally doing that right um, now. Tyler Bertuzzi's name keeps coming <laughs> up. It'd be great to maybe something like that. I don't know because um, he's not signed yet. Also, I mean, I think uh, the Ethan Bear trade was interesting too for uh, uh, for them. Like, I know he's. Uh, I know he's not. Like people, people are seem to be split on Ethan Bear. Either he's they say he's got huge potential, or he's okay and he's going to be okay. And I don't know, I don't know where to stand on Ethan Bear. To be frank with you, um, but it seems like a pretty good bet. Warren Fogle, who they gave up, pretty good, pretty useful forward and a good pickup for Edmonton. Really good in the playoffs a few years ago. Um, Edmonton's path forward seems clear. Um, they want to get bigger and meaner. And, right. So, um, up, well, do you want to go to Edmonton now? Why not? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You so, so yeah, tell us about Warren Fogle. Seemed like somebody who was is a decent player, but just didn't fit in Ken Holland's current plans. Mm-hmm. It seemed like a value, a good value add for the Hurricanes, and it was the only kind of addition that I looked at, and I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense that they made all day. It was a good ad, and it was Warren Fogle was a good ad for Edmonton. But here's one I want to throw at you: Gabe Landeskog never made it to market. It was seven million bucks, right? Oh, I love bucks. talking producer Drew through this. Yeah. So much. <laughs> and then and then, you know, uh Philip Grubauer, who did make it to market, five point nine million dollars a season. Now, we know, and this is unfair to Edmonton, but it's the truth. We know that places like Edmonton and Winnipeg do struggle with attracting free agents. It's yes. true. You know that. That is the truth. It's true. Um, but remember that Edmonton is Connor McDavid. So that's attractive. Zach Hyman sure didn't have a problem signing there. No. But here's how you could have had a Grubauer like contract. You could have had tried to get Dougie Hamilton. You could have tried, like, if you spent, if Edmonton, if Jersey spends nine million on Hamilton and Edmonton spends 10 million on, here's what Edmonton spent $20 million in cap space on this offseason so far Duncan Keith, Zach Hyman, Tyson Berry, Mike Smith, Cody Ceci. 
if you erased all of those names and just took a Dougie Hamilton, maybe he's not interested. I don't know. Or you took a, who else signed today that, you know, got big money, you know, Tucker Andy, Pullman, Tucker Pullman. Right. <laughs> Hamilton, he, he's also played in Calgary, right? So he knows yeah. what it's like to play in Western Canada and down the road. So he might've had an experience that he didn't want to go back was bad one that he would. Yeah. yeah. He didn't like yeah. it. He See didn't like the flames stuck it to the Oilers <laughs> in terms of <laughs> in terms of just living there and playing in the city. Maybe, I don't know. So yeah, I, I'm guessing I, he had a, he had a preference, but, I, but let, all the same. Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Sorry. You're not seeing something. What am I not seeing? Oilers are trying to dump Miko Koskinen, and I have a great target. Buffalo. The team with literally no goalies. <laughs> Buffalo said, I was talking to Dwayne today, <laughs> and it was so good. He's like, bro, because my discovery, I've never seen this before. Literally never seen this before. The Buffalo Sabres cap-friendly page does not have a section for goalies because they have none. <laughs> they mm -hmm. have two reserve goalies. Um, uh, you have... Was it Pekka Lukanen mm -hmm. uh, and also Dustin Tokarski? And so he's texting me. He's like, man, our goalies right now are Tokarski and Michael Hauser. Where I had to inform him, actually, Michael Hauser is a free agent. <laughs> they don't have a goalie. We already know they're willing to take on a player who's a reclamation project with a sweetener. They did that with Will Butcher and the New Jersey Devils. If I'm the Oilers, I go, what's it going to take? Hey, I got that second round pick I never gave Kyle. It's, here's Miko Koskinen and this, and you don't need to give me anything back. Thank you very much. And I go out and I get a much better goalie and we have a Merry Christmas. Well, it's a big question mark, right? It is. It's certainly and, is. and it's yeah. also sort of a big question mark about what Edmonton is actually doing. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll go to 3.25 on Cody Cece, who had a good year in Pittsburgh, but I'm still a little sus on. Uh, because for, for years in Ottawa and then a year in Toronto, he wasn't good. The, also, the four years? For four Cody, years like, on Cody that's, Cece, yeah. That's a lot to to ask him to maintain that 3.25 value for four I thought years. it was three. No, no, it's four years I'm looking at four right years. now. Barry like, was two years at four and a half. That's, that's a lot for a guy who has had one good year, one half season in Pittsburgh. That was really good. They need they needed a right hand shot, something. They had one, but they traded Bear. I don't, but Bear. I don't think CC is. Here's how hockey men view him. All right, so this is why the decision was made. They know what Bear is. They're not dumb. They got to see him. He can score. Cannot defend. Hockey people around the NHL view CC as a defensive specialist. They do. They see his numbers where he's getting caved in. And they're like, well, that's because he's only thrust into defensive situations. And I'm just telling you, at, you know, I've listen, I never played in the NHL. I never played in house league. But from my novice eye, uh, no, no, no. The numbers were, they were right, man. He's, the, the defense isn't very good. And th this is what I said earlier. Like, you can have a, you can have specialists. You can have a specialist like Barry. Um, to have both. What What about the 2019-20 Leafs defense made you go, yeah, that's, yeah, give me that. Uh, it's, now they got two-thirds of that team's right side. The two parts that were the worst parts. Yeah. Bro, what are you doing? 
<laughs> I don't I don't understand that. I do think there are parts of that team that were improved. Hyman's going to make them better. But... Oh, yeah. That's going to be fun to watch, by the way. Dry saddle Hyman McDavid. That'll be a terrifying line. Yes. Yeah. And like, you know, the Oilers, they need a few stops, obviously, but they're a little bit of pushback away from just being unstoppable. You can't stop Connor McDavid. You can't they unless must... you break the rules. My thing is this. There's a couple problems I have here. They were close on Adam Larson, and then he signed with, uh, I think it was, the, it was the Kraken, for the same amount that the Oilers offered him. Mm-hmm. If I knew that Adam Larson was going to walk to the Kraken and that he didn't feel quite comfortable in Edmonton, I would try to figure out how to keep him and offer him 500 grand more because who cares? I would, I would take Adam Larson at 4.5 over Cody CC at 3.125. No question, of over four years. And I think everybody else would too. And... So they let, they, they, you know, you lose Larson, who is actually put it together in Edmonton. And you have to bring in Cody Cece, who, as Jesse rightly pointed out, had one good half season. He was surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly good he for was, one he, good half season. Yeah, we can't knock his play in Pittsburgh. He played yeah. in the r- correct role in their lineup, and it worked out for $1.2 million, I think he was making last year. And the Oilers, the Oilers just trade Ethan Bear. And it's not that Warren Fogle's not a value pl- play, but when I read you the quote about why they traded Ethan Bear, I think oh. you'll find this interesting. Because Ethan Bear is a right shot defenseman, is he not? I believe so. According confirm. to Oilers Nation, quote, Oh, yeah. He wanted to join uh, to come join us here in Edmonton. This is Holland on CC. He played very well in Pittsburgh this year, 27 years of age. And so we made the deal. Once we made the decision to sign Cody and re-sign Barry, I didn't want to go with four right shot defensemen. So that was the reasoning. Now, if if Ethan Bear is a five six guy, and right shot defensemen are pretty valuable, seems like an odd thing to do. Why yes. not just keep them? Okay, you got to pay a premium for right-hand shot defensemen, but you're also forgetting you got to pay a premium for guys who are over six feet tall, which Warren Fogel is, he's six foot two, which Jesse calls small, but the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still call, shorter than me. Call very tall. All right. I, I don't know. I disagree with their moves. Now, are the Oilers going to make the playoffs? Yeah, for sure. For sure. They but, don't even need to be good like to make the playoffs. They really don't. No, it's not a great division. No, I, no, that's not even what I meant. Like, oh. they can really they can coast their way to regular season success. McDavid and Drysdale are that good, and Hyman's mm-hmm. going to make them better. The the thing that I people are like, oh, I hope you go in on the Oilers. The thing I'm waiting for because we've gone in on the Duncan Keith thing. We've gone the Tyson Berry thing. He seems to have found a home there. They seem to like it. Whatever. Cody Cece, you know my thoughts. The one thing I, I'm going to hold judgment for is I'm waiting for them to figure out their goaltending. Who is playing goal for you other than Mike Smith? They're obviously, like, uh, during the show, they lost a bidding b- war to Colorado. So For Darcy Kemper. Yeah, to me, incomplete project. They're not going into the season with Miko Koskinen. They're not. And they're going to give them away, and that's going to free up $4.5 million. Like, that seems like such an easy move by Ken Holland. You know, you do the future considerations. Maybe you throw in the draft pick, whatever. You get something back. It's just funny. But the $4.5 million in cap space is what you want. And that's going to be able to get you a decent goalie. Yep. It can be done. Yeah. It, it can, can be, be done. done. 
Because Alex be Stalock's not your backup right now. It's not Stalock and Smith. You're not walking to the regular season well, with that. Listen, we said last year they can't go into the season with Koskinen and Smith, and they did. Smith played well. And it worked. <laughs> yeah. It worked. Till the first round, but it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I do want to talk about the Flames, too, if we're, if we're talking about Western Canada. That Blake Coleman signing. Oops. That is a lot of money for Blake Coleman. Mm-hmm. I love Blake Coleman. I'm Blake Coleman's number one fan. Certainly glad that the Leafs did not pay that kind of money for Blake Coleman. What? Like, okay, this is this is the problem every free agency is we all look at ev- all like we look at 90% of deals and we go, that's oh, that's too much. Mm-hmm. It's not, that's unrestricted free agency, though. Sure. So to me, I look at it from the fun perspective of okay, are we better? Well, and it seems like they're they're going through a culture shift in Calgary. Kachuk is is still unsigned. They they're I think they're talking about signing Goudreau because now his no trade clause is kicked in. So I think it's there's like eight teams that he can be traded to or less. It's not much. Um, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. But with Blake Coleman, they're undoubtedly better. And I think and he talked they talked a lot about Sutter and Coleman, and that Coleman was a was a Sutter kind of player. And that uh, Coleman then in the press conference, according to our friend Haley Salvian, said, yeah, he's, he's my kind of coach. So, and, and, and by the way, the person apparently who had the most trouble when Sutter took over was Kachuk. Surprising. Surprising. You would think that he would be a Sutter guy. So I'm curious to see what happens in Calgary because clearly they have the talent. There, no one's questioning that. We are questioning why they continue to underperform. With Kachuk, I wonder if we're confusing gritty and hardworking with good defensively. Mm, I don't know I, that he is. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think Sutter values that more than grit, even. Um, but Coleman, I think, is a, a good culture change. And boy, you know, I talked about the, the market inefficiency years ago with Tom Wilson. L- look at who's getting paid. Mm-hmm. Look at who's getting all the... Uh, Barkley Goodrow gets nearly $4 million for six years. Blake Coleman gets... Nearly $5 million for six years. Zach Hyman gets an identical contract to Josh Anderson. And Josh Anderson got that contract, by the way. $5.5 million per for seven years. Uh, Elliot Friedman recently talked about, um, oh God, who was it? Nicola Delorier potentially being a first-round pick in a trade. Teams want big, mean, hardworking players. And that's what all of those guys are. Um, so if you look at Blake Coleman's numbers or whatever, and you go, yeah, okay, he's a great player, but that much? Yes, that much. Because those players are hard to find. Really hard to find. Who's left to play in goal for Calgary? Because they, they, have, they have Markstrom and then nothing. Yeah. Uh, let me check on that. Man, can you we, know, I, can I we made, rent you I a made... gently used Miko Koskinen? <laughs> oh no they do make nah. trades with each other weirdly yeah, but it, a yeah, lot of it trades. Weird. Markstrom makes six million so you're gonna tie up was that 10.5 in your goalie situation who are you montreal like, <laughs> oh not- okay <laughs> so oh no you know what uh today they traded for dan vladar from the boston bruins oh okay so he's decent uh he's gonna be their backup or at very least he's got some games. He could be their backup. I do know they're high on this prospect dustin wolf I don't know if he's ready uh, yet and uh, Tyler Parsons is also in their system. He's an RFA and Adam Werner. I know played some games for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. So they they have some 
options, but they are kind of yeah. You better hope. leap leap of faith options. You, you know? better hope Markstrom stays healthy. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah. but they're paying him. They're paying Markstrom starter money. Yeah. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah, every situation is Carey Price. I think uh, I think Calgary's got the talent. I'm just curious to see if this quote unquote culture change changes anything because they undoubtedly have underperformed like the last three years and nobody seems to be able to figure it out. They're better than this. They're way better than this. Yeah, I'm comfortable saying they're this. better than this. And yeah. Tanev and Markstrom are like the heart and soul of the Canucks run of the second round a couple of seasons ago or a season and a half ago or whatever it was now. I don't even know. Time doesn't make sense anymore. Markstrom dragged that team and then Demko just played. He decided, okay, I'm going to play the best two weeks of my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, now on Vancouver, they did buy out uh, Braden Holpe, which uh, a Vancouver fan decided to tell me that I, I said the Braden Holpe contract was risky when they signed it. And I said, you know, Jim put the phone down. As I say, every free agency, Jim put the phone down. Uh, and somebody's tried to tell me that, the, well, how is the Holpe contract risky? They just bought him out. You answered your own question. <laughs> People will debate you on anything, just so you know. <laughs> it was, but they did bring in Yaro Halak. Now, it's a $1.5 million deal. He played well in Boston last year and has for a while. And it's, I guess it's bonus and incentive-laden. So, you know, if he plays Cernona games, wins, that sort of thing. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm stuck on how is that I know, risky. I know, man. I know. Well, how are the Leafs losers? They only lost <laughs> all the time, <laughs> but how? Um, no, no, I want you to explain. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's that is hilarious. Right, I know, uh, I know. Uh, but you know, like, okay, so you've got Luke Shen, Tucker Pullman, Yarrow Halak, and obviously Oliver Ekman, Larson, and Connor Garland coming in before that. You don't. I mean, you don't hate the Canucks roster at all. No. But it was a lot of redoing of or undoing shit. of the stuff Ken Holland did last year. Or sorry, not Ken Holland. Um, Jim Benning did last year. It was last year you you uh, you re-signed Vertanen, you signed Holtby, and you trade for Schmidt. And then this offseason, you buy out Vertanen, you buy out Holtby, and you tra- and you trade away Schmidt. Schmidt. Like that's from oh, that's and, McElroy. It's and literally Beagle, the reverse of the deals. Beagle and Roussel and Louis Erickson also traded away, which were Jim Benning moves. Right. And, and then bring in OEL who you've been trying to hunt down for like five years. And it's, I don't, I don't, I don't have confidence that Vancouver is going to go out there and be a good team. Very few GMs get the chance to clean up their own mess. And Benning's been there forever. He's been seven years for a team that's done as little as the Cox have done over those seven years. Uh, it's wild. Like I would, as a Leafs fan, I'd be, I'd be, I, I'd, I'd, I'd rent a helicopter to the tallest mountain I could find to scream fire Kyle Dubas. If we were seven years from now and still in, mm-hmm. in this position, mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean? Or, uh, you know, four years, five years, whatever, how, however much rope he's got. Um, yeah, I don't get it, but they, they got the parts. They got some but really nice just, parts. The Canucks, what they they off oh, that teams because they give me anxiety. The Vancouver Canucks <laughs> give me anxiety, man, because they shouldn't be bad. 
They shouldn't. Right. But to me, it just looks like this rotating cast of guys who are just in and out, in and out constantly. And there's no consistency with this team. And none of it is ever put together and works. Well, and then let's let's add this to uh, this iron to the fire. Uh, the projected cap space for the Canucks is back down to $14 million. Two players remain unsigned that are of note, maybe three if you want to include Ole Ulevi. Also, yeah, I guess Jason Dickinson is, re- is not signed. Le- uh, Elias Pettersson is not re-signed. Ole Ulevi, not re-signed. Quinn Hughes, not re-signed. Why would you not take care of those deals, the, the Hughes deal and the Pettersson deal, and then if you want to run the Ulevi deal, and then work towards your offseason? Because you're trying to back them. You're trying to say, listen, this is all I got. This is the best I can do. <sighs> right? But that's assuming there's a plan, right? So that's how, that's how most GMs do it. <laughs> that's a no, crazy I'm being serious. <laughs> I'm being serious. That's assuming there's a plan. Because last year we thought, oh, maybe there's some 3D chess shit going on with Tyler Toffoli. No, they just sort of didn't get him. They didn't, I, they didn't uh, offer well, him anything. They just sort of like at, time. at least with time. Dubis, we know that his plan is I got these guys and I'm going to try and figure it out with this little thing I got going on here and we're working these contracts around there. With Jim Benning, it just seems like this, this is just a mess here and he's got a bunch of puzzle pieces and none of them ever fit together. And he keeps trying to make this puzzle with these puzzle pieces that don't fit. And he's like, oh, I'll get some new pieces. And I'm like, no, it's a different puzzle. Buy a new box. Uh, I, I, it is the responsible thing to do when you've been working on something for a long time to, to call a pal and have them look over it and go, I need some fresh eyes on this. Mm-hmm. That's what I think the Canucks need. Yeah. We, 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 you just need fresh eyes on this. I'm not, I'm not talking completely change the plan and everything like I saw the way the Canucks were shedding cap space. And I'm like, look at these guys go. They're doing some good things. <laughs> they filled it with Tucker Pullman, and <laughs> Travis Hamannick. And I went, Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. I, I was doing less the right thing to do today. <laughs> like I talked about like how disappointed I was with the Leafs off season. Some teams got better. Some teams got better, but I looked at most of the contracts and I went, that sucks, that sucks, that sucks, that sucks. Even one of the, the two of the ones that the Leafs signed, I was like, Jesus, that's a lot. Mrazek and a guy, uh, David Kumpf, I had has played 235 NHL games, and today was the first time I had heard his name. <laughs> I cover hockey. I cover hockey for a living. I'd never heard his name. I didn't know he existed. 235 games. I, I had no idea. No one's, I've never had a casual conversation about, oh man, this is David Kampf. No one's ever brought him up. I've never been tweeted about David Kampf. I didn't know he existed <laughs> until today. And he got $3 million. <laughs> like, it's you, free agency. It's when everyone loses their mind. This is, the, this is one of the wildest weeks in um, like NHL history in my career. Yep, certainly. Mm-hmm. To yep. pack an expansion draft, the draft, the the, the circumstances surrounding the draft. Uh, oh, there, there's the way the first round ended. There's the fact that it was digital. There's the fact that half of the draft class barely played at all. And then there was today. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, Jack Eichel hasn't been traded yet. Mm-hmm. And Elliot Friedman is like 
holding a gun to the show right now going the least might do something at some point by the I way know. he wouldn't he he gave me a non-answer um <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> well, can, you, can you tell us uh uh he it could be anything thanks for so i also have to ask what's this 3.5 million dollars really get them based on today's market is that anything significant it's gonna get them a star forward uh two more starting goaltenders Ah. uh, an elite defenseman uh, and everything else and a a couple sombreros a couple some whoa yeah that's according to the the capologist listen i'm into it i'm into it jesse i like your capologist like uh, so, so oh, yeah, anyway, moving with the Canucks, I just uh, here, it just, it, oh, man, <laughs> there's just some stuff where you go, I'm still not understanding where this is going. And, uh, and with, with this particular team, uh, uh, what exactly compels Hughes and Pedersen to say, well, shit, I better sign because I got to be a part of this. Uh, nothing. I look at today and I go, oh, I'm getting paid. I'm getting paid. Yeah. No kidding. Right now. Is this so people are going to be able to, you know, months from now, they're going to be able to pull clips from the show and they're going to be like, these guys didn't like anything. They said everybody made too much. <laughs> we didn't, though. No, the Dougie <laughs> Hamilton deal is very good. Go We're going to get radioed for sure. I get it. The, the devils are going to be awesome next season. Yeah. Like, but like, OK, here's here's, I guess, the question. Is this simply the cost of business? In UFA, sure. You're going to overpay. We know yeah, but, that. But, but UFA, you have the option to sit out these deals and not right. buy into UFA and get yes. money. Oh, but if you like, you got you to gotta nail the draft and also somehow buy at the deadline, but never give up picks. Or valuable prospects, like I think, I think today is when you overpay. You overpay because you didn't have to give up any assets. Uh, My, yeah, it, I, I get that, Steve. But did any of these assets? I actually think Euro Halak was a good pickup. Solid. Oh yeah, I like that, that one. I like that's a good one. But like, one. you had you, you brought in Shen. You have Hamannick and Myers. Did you need Tucker Pullman? At two and a half. And it's, again, it's the little deals that knock the salary cap down and, and, and hold you up when you have to make a, a trade at the trade deadline to push yourself over the edge. Like, did you have to do that? Is that you, something, you, is, that a, is that a deal that you're like, man, I need to make this, I need to sign this player. I think they're looking at it like OEL is sort of our all-purpose guy. Mm-hmm. Quinn Hughes is our offense guy. And Tucker Pullman is our grunt. Okay. Because big boy is big. Rah, rah, rah. Um, okay. So let's, let's uh, move on a little bit here. Philip Deneau lands in LA. It's believed. And according to Eric Engels, I believe he was talking about it on Sportsnet today. Our boy, Eric Engels. We love Eric. Got to have him back on. It's believed that uh, the pressure playing in Montreal may have pushed him out a little bit. I would expect too that, um, you know, he, he felt a little bit like in the contract process that they didn't really value him in the same way. Um, all reports are, it's a pretty good value deal for Los Angeles who are quietly making some pretty good moves. They're going to be an interesting team. Uh, Mike Hoffman did sign in Montreal today, four and a half million uh, each year for three years. Not a bad deal. Perennial 25, 30 goal score. The He's, problem in Montreal seems to be wh- where's the centers? Yeah. Uh, Hoffman's basically Tatar's replacement. He's not great defensively, but he can score. And every year he's going to score. Uh, I just described Thomas Tatar, but it's Mike Hoffman. Um, up the middle, I think they're going to uh, sort Suzuki, of. Suzuki but you wouldn't draft. You wouldn't dress Kakaniemi in the finals. Yeah, I, I, 
I don't know what that was about, man, because he was pretty good. But I guess they're going, all right, well, now it's your turn. Okay. I, they're going, now it's your turn. Maybe, uh, maybe Bergevin Billy beamed his coach and said, listen, I'm going to trade everyone away until you start the only player available at that position. Remember, uh, remember what Billy Bean yeah, did with that? Oh, I remember. Uh, no, but no, I think that was uh, baseball, and baseball is a gen- generally smart sport, and you're trying to apply it to hockey, and that doesn't work. Pump the brakes on that for a second. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> egghead sport, I should say. Egghead yeah. sport. Maybe perhaps not smart. There, there is a difference. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm. What's the point of having these good young players if you're not going to eventually let them go? You know, let, hey, it's your turn. Hey, mm-hmm. you, are you hungry? You pissed off? Did we scratch you? Go kick ass. Yep. Um, Shea Weber could be done. David Savard is supposed to come in and bridge that gap a little bit. He's not going to be um, Shea Weber, but it meant a lot to him to go to Montreal, which I think is a cool story. It's a very cool story, and an even cooler story would be Shea Weber coming back for the playoffs if he's able to for a right side of Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie, Dennis, uh, Dennis David Savard. That's <laughs> You could do worse. Montreal's got to make the playoffs first, though. There is that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously the questions about, and I have this here, questions remain for the Avs in goal. Obviously, Grubauer signs for six years, $5.9 million in Seattle. Uh, and then I asked, you know, who's left for them? Obviously, they got Darcy Kemper for a first-round pick. Um, but it does raise some questions about Seattle and asset management. So let me just remind you that an extra protection slot um, – uh, for the expansion draft would have cost you a first and a third. But in signing in Seattle signing who they signed with Philip Grubauer, uh, they then traded Vitek Vanacek right back to the Washington Capitals, which they're allowed to do because they're not retaining salary. A lot of people asked about that. Right. And they got a second round pick in return. So a protection spot cost you a first and a third. But just getting the player back in a trade costs you a second. It's almost like their price for goalies was a second because that was the thing with Jake Allen as well. I don't know. But it's, did like, you why see? Why not just hold on to him? What? Or because there, there are Stanley Cup contenders at the time that trade went through, Stephen. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, it's okay. The Colorado trade had not happened. There are teams like Edmonton, who we just mentioned. There are other teams I'm not even thinking about right now who are looking for great young goaltending. And the. The, the second, really? You wouldn't call the, you're just going to give them back to the Capitals. I'm, I am not certain. Listen, the, the, the Kraken are going into a garbage division. It's, oh, yeah. it's just atrocious. But that doesn't make them good. They might make the playoffs, but I'm not convinced this is as well run as people think it is. And they've stockpiled zero assets except for the second round pick. Can I tell you what this smacks of? Tell me because hockey can be like this sometimes, and Ron Francis, good hockey man, he didn't want to screw the Capitals. There was an opportunity to really screw them here. Mm-hmm. We're going to take this guy, and we're going to flip him somewhere else. They basically went, listen, we don't need this guy anymore. We're If we go into the season with him, we're just going to lose him to waivers, mm-hmm. right? So instead of screwing the Capitals, you call him back, and you go, listen, you can have your guy back for a second. How does that sound? And they go okay. I think you. I think you nailed it. Like that's a it. that's a crazy thing. Like you're pulling that out of nothing, and I think it's right. I'm I'm pulling it out of like like and and there is 
there is a method there. Like you need friends. I don't think the Vegas Golden Knights are popular. Like as an organ. Well, we'll get to that. We yeah. Get to that. I don't think they're popular for a variety of reasons, but teams are very clearly still bitter mm-hmm. towards the Vegas Golden Knights. And Ron Francis is going, look, I'm not a bad guy. The rules were we had to take somebody. So to tell you what, let's let bygones be bygones. You give us a second round pick. It's not even a guy if you're roster. We'll give them back. There you go. We're your pal. And other teams go, hey, what? Hey, listen, I'm just being the good guy here. I'm just giving them back their old guy. Mm-hmm. That's that's what happened. The 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 wild one was um why who did who did oh yeah the Kraken took Mason Appleton from the yeah. Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. They could have taken Brendan Dillon and traded him for two seconds. Yeah, which is which is the Jets paid two seconds for him the- to the Capitals. The Seattle, the Seattle Kraken have been a team for a, a one week now. We've we've had their roster. I think it's safe to say that if you could do a redo, you could build a better roster than what the Seattle Kraken currently have. It's I don't like like I don't know thirty percent of their moves. You know, there's there's like <laughs> there's a quarter of them that are just like you could have done this a little better. There's more talent out there that was just there for you to pick, and the thing and the the deals that other teams got in exchange for guys that you could have had are more substantial than what you have now. I want to play a game. Uh-huh. Uh, Jesse, you'll go first. Adam, you go second. Okay. Jesse, who did the Kraken take from the Columbus Blue Jackets? Um, it wasn't Max Domi. They took some other oh. guy. I forget his name. And they gave him back. Yeah. They gave him back. Bluff me the mirror. Yeah. It was... <laughs> Whatever the hell his name was. <laughs> Bayruther, Bay right? Bay Gavin Bayruther. Yeah, Gavin Bayruther. They took him from Columbus yeah. and just let him go. Just fucking gave, giving you this guy. I told you. John just- Glenville, <laughs> who I'm married to forever because I you called that, that pick. Yeah, I broke it. Um, as far as I know, like the same thing might happen there. The guy doesn't have a deal. So, like, is that Francis, like, okay, you know how Dubas just said, you know what, rather than give up Hyman for less than a second, I'm just letting him go. Is this Francis going, you know what, I didn't I didn't get the deal I liked in Columbus or in Chicago, so we're just wiping it. I think it's Ron Francis doing uh, not the best at his job in that move. Like, you could have had, even if you don't want Max Domi, take him. Sell them later, like give them up for nothing, dude. You got something for uh, who is it? Curtis McDermott, yeah, and mm-hmm. and uh, Tyler Pitlick. I think the I think the Max Domi contract would have prevented them from moving him. Take sure, take somebody else. Take not somebody else. Gavin Bayruther. Like, sure, take- Max Domi might be a bad example, but take somebody else. You don't lose for no assets. You have the ability to just take thirty guys for free that could then turn into something and build a great roster. Take somebody I think they've done the minors, right? right. Whatever. They haven't it, done a great job with it over the last seven days. And if the market for right shot defensemen was that hot, that that tweet about Brendan Dillon's right, they should have just taken thirty right shot defensemen. And and flip them, flip them. I I don't. So here's the thing: it's tough to judge the Seattle Kraken in the sense that I don't know what their goal was, but I'm judging them because I don't know what their goal is. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you know, when you, when you're, when you're like, you know what the Leafs goal is, they failed in that goal consistently. They have a win now mode. Seattle right. is just, we don't know. At least we knew with the Leafs what the, the, the plan was. With Pittsburgh, you know what the plan is. Surround Crosby and Malgan until the legs fall off, mm-hmm. right? Literally. With, with Boston, it's beat everybody's face in and everybody will sign it to discount it. It'll be great. And Tampa, you know what the goal is. You know what the goal is. With, with the Kraken, I'm not sure what... Well, we got all this cap space. Look at us. Good. Options are great to have. So what? Part of me wonders if they're looking at their, they're looking at fake Vegas's fortunes and they're going, okay, this is probably not going to happen again. Their success is probably not going to happen again. And I looked at some of the guys they picked and I'm like, you're just flipping them. You're just getting rid of them at the deadline. You're not even going to hang on to this guy. And I wonder if they're, just sort of making peace with the fact that odds are they aren't making the Stanley cup final. I'm not saying they're not trying. They're obviously not trying, but I, they're obviously Vegas, not trying. Here's, here's the thing with Vegas because of their early success, they got all this shit and then they tripped over themselves to give it right back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so first, second and a third for Thomas Tatar. someone. Oh my God. Um, the guys at winged wheel, I think it was Ryan Hanna told me, uh, the first, second, and third they got. The first was Joe Valino, who's a good prospect for the Red Wings. The second was, I think, Master Simone, uh, who's a, another prospect for them. And the third, they traded for Nadelkovich. Wow. That's for Thomas Tatar as a uh, rental. Who can't get a deal now. Or who can't get a deal. deal now and couldn't get into the lineup for Vegas, by the way. So they could. We, looked at, we look at everything Vegas got as if they kept it. They didn't. Right. So I wonder if Seattle is going to try to do what we thought Vegas was going to try to do. And that slowly build and accumulate assets over time. And they do how they do. They might be fine. Garbage. We'll have a clearer picture on what they actually are when the team is on the ice. And we see uh, this combination of guys perform. But, I don't think anyone else. I don't think anyone spent more than them today. Yeah. On paper. You look at it and you say there are better assets out there that could have been. Well, and and are you maximizing the opportunities that you have? Yeah. That's my question. It's not whether or not the team's going to make the playoffs or they're good or they, or if Grubauer was a good signing or not, it's, are you maximizing your opportunities here? I don't think that they did with the extra protection slots. I think they priced that too high and they should have come down and got a couple of teams across the line to give them assets. They should have done that. Um, And now uh, you know, yes, yeah, they do have that cap space and that is tremendous leverage. Make no mistake. But are the Seattle Kraken in their first season going to be a cap dump team where you where bad contracts go to die for a couple of years? I don't think that's what they're planning. So it's also just, there are two teams the, that are better at it. Yeah, the Coyotes, if their goal is to build the Arizona Coyotes, like take away their franchise. <laughs> like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I don't think they're going to do that. But like, I think they're thinking, well, like, you know, you could weaponize that cap space, get yourself a couple first round picks, something like that. I don't know, but it doesn't seem like they're going to do that because they got Alexiak signed. They got Giordano. They got Grubauer. They got, you know, I, but there were better I, forwards available than the ones they selected. Also, they, so they were able to spend money in a way other teams weren't. 
today. Mm-hmm. And part of me wonders if, like, because I said this, Ron Francis is going to starve the market, right? And everyone spent all this friggin' money in free agency. I wonder if the Kraken drove the price up on a bunch of guys. Like, listen, oh, yeah. I have this offer from a team of $30 million for the cap space, right? Um, so they drive the price up. And now, like, again, July 28th, it's, you know, it's past dinner time. Maybe you're not sweating yet. What about tomorrow? What about the day after? There are going to be teams sweating and they're going to call old daddy Ron. And I think he's, he's going to get something. I, Seattle is going to continue accumulating assets over the summer. Right? They're not done. They're trying to slow burn, mm-hmm. I think. But, but some of their moves are indefensible. And drafting someone, getting a free guy and losing them for nothing is indefensible. That doesn't make sense. No. I don't. I don't get it. Um, and let's talk about the Vegas Golden Knights, who, and I'm. I can't believe I get to say this. Gave away, made a charitable donation to the Chicago Blackhawks of a Vesna goalie, the face of the franchise, the first guy to ever put on the jersey, and the guy who, you know, in Pittsburgh, beloved. You could build a statue. For Mark Andre Fleury in both Vegas and Pittsburgh, in two cities, both sides of the country, absolutely adored there, and frankly played well, and gave him up for nothing, for nothing. Now they did get to sign Alec Martinez because of that, um, and as much as I dislike the situation uh, that has occurred with the Blackhawks and how what's continuing to happen, Stan Bowman has made some pretty pretty big moves. You got a Vesna goalie for nothing. You got Seth Jones. It's not bad. And you were able to dump Duncan Keith's cap hit, and they paid you. Now, yeah, I know. Listen, we, we keep saying this. Stop helping the Blackhawks. But I got to ask with Vegas. There are rumors already circulating about the fact that this team has trouble, this management group specifically, not the players, that this management group has problems with the truth. As in, they play it fast and loose. And, you know, you could you could chalk that up to cold, hard calculation. And I, I get that sometimes, like, you know, GMs will come on and be like, we're not considering a trade, and then they'll trade. But when you lie directly to the players and you mistreat the players, especially a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury, who was universally loved, that shit gets around. And you look at what happened with Nate Schmidt. So I'm looking at Nate Schmidt. I'm looking at Marc-Andre Fleury. And I wonder in Vegas, and, and Berkey said this last year, and people kind of were like, ah, Berkey. They're starting to get a reputation like, yeah, it's fun to play here, but you're going to be here on Max like 18 to 24 months. And there's already things about Max Pacioretty floating around out there. Uh, let, me, let me read you something pointed out by down goes Brown. So this is Jesse Granger with the quote who covers the golden Knights for the athletic Foley, the uh, owner Foley on flurry, potentially being traded in off season. There were just discussions. The trades that were thrown around out there didn't make any sense to us. He never came close to being part of a deal. I would have had a big problem with it. If he, if it had been presented to me, he hasn't said anything too bad so far because reality changes right Mm -hmm. 
Foley also said, this is the next tweet from Jesse Granger. Foley also said he told Flurry and his wife in an elevator at T-Mobile Arena that he would retire a Golden Knight. I said, this is where you're going to be. You're going to get to love Vegas and Vegas is going to love you. I feel like I made a commitment to him at that point. And where'd that go? That was February of this past year. No, of this year. Sorry. The year that we're in. 2021 what happened what like i know i've argued for a long time that having both flurry and leonard like doesn't really make sense financially it's expensive and i know this montreal's doing it exactly million. this didn't completely come out of the blue because like he knew there were trade discussions ongoing we do know that he found out about this over twitter and the golden knights wear that and the Blackhawks wear that as well Thank with the cute little eyeball emojis tweet. Didn't send any eyeball emojis to Marc-Andre Fleury. This guy didn't know. This is the greatest and most beloved player in Vegas Golden Knights franchise history, which sounds ridiculous because they've only been around for four years, but it is the truth. And you shafted him. Shafted him so bad, and he doesn't want to play anywhere else so bad that he's considering leaving $6 million on the table to not play for the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm -hmm. People forget that. He might just not go. Yep. And I mean, given what, what we know about the Blackhawks organization, can you blame them? I mean, they have a ton of turnaround too. They do. Well, I mean, yeah, but no, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the culture. Oh no, I know. know? I know. Uh, it, like and and this is the thing. You, you, where where do you begin with them? I uh, think uh, George McPhee is still there, right? Uh, he's the president. I think he's the president now, and Kelly McCrimmon is I the GM. Say, is the GM? At a certain point, these guys are going to have to start. And just, Steve, you mentioned it around the league. They're not a popular front office to deal with. Yes, they've been extremely successful, and oftentimes when you're successful, it doesn't make you very popular. I get that. But but this, in a nutshell, is what we've been hearing for a while. The, and, it's, and it's that Marc-Andre Fleury found out he was traded over Twitter. That is a problem. That's an organizational problem. You make the call before the trade call even goes in. You say, Mark, we've agreed to terms. Sorry, this is not how we wanted it to end. And maybe he goes, fuck you, and hangs up, which I don't think he would. But... It's, it's still a call you make before you, you even send in the thing to the league because he deserves that. Right. It's shocking. It's, it's, it's such a, a blight on the, on the Golden Knights organization, one that has been extremely successful. And if I am a player there and I've signed long-term, Pacioretty, Martinez, uh, Petrangelo, whatever, it's like, when's the next shiny toy going to come along and I'll be replaced? And I know that's how the NHL works, but we're acting like Marc-Andre Fleury is like done. The guy just won the Vesna. Just won the Vesna. Just won the Vesna. He's got a year left on his deal. But beyond the fact, let's say he did know. Let's say he knew. Mm-hmm. And he was like, trade me. I don't want to be here anymore. It's too hot. Let's say that's what happened. The return wasn't great. How many of you had ever heard of Tamu Hardikainen before this trade? I'm his, Actually, I'm his number one fan. I, I started a Facebook page in his honor. All right. It was now, essentially many, future considerations. Now, wait, how many people listening to the show right now realized 
It wasn't Timo Hartekainen. It was Mikhail Hakkarainen, and I was talking about someone else. How many of you bothered to remember the name of the guy that the reigning Vesna winner was just traded for? Yeah. Imagine being that guy. Colby Armstrong, like every tra- trade deadline, talks about like the pressure of showing up at a locker room after getting traded for Marion Hosa. Oh. <laughs> this dude just got traded f- one for one for Mark Andre Fleury. How do you get nothing? All right. The Sabres don't have a goalie. <laughs> they don't, like, literally do not have a goalie. There were teams looking for a goalie today. Now, I'm willing to bet they tried. I'm going to throw it out there that maybe they didn't try hard enough. Or maybe nobody wants to deal with them anymore. Or that. When you're flipping the reigning Vesna Trophy winner for essentially future consideration. Cap space. For cap cap space, space, I should say. Which is valuable. $7 million of cap space you're giving away for free. In a culture that's so incestuous like hockey where everybody knows everybody and everybody talks. And it means we just had the conversation, Steve, you brought up about Ron Francis doing business because he wants to be a good guy. When that's how hockey works amongst these GMs and you're out there treating players like you can just swap them for nothing like that's not going to be a good look for any guy who in the future wants to come to Vegas like I don't understand how they can expect players to have confidence in their organization if that's how they're doing business nobody's going to want to play there and there will be people who respond to this and say well that's just the business okay it's also people and humans I think (laughs) I think I think there's yes we have to move on from this player and we didn't expect to uh, and then there's uh, fuck him. He'll find out on Twitter. Right. And it's, it's there's a consistent with Vegas, the way guys come in and they go out and you don't want to go to a place where you feel like you're in a couple of years or in a year, you're going to be gone. It's crazy that we're saying this about a franchise that's only four years, three, old. Four years old now, how much turnover they've had. And it's, it's, a, it's not a good look for the way to run a team. And like people, are, oh, it's a business like you, like d- the choice to be awful about this was made. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's the right? thing is you, you didn't have yes. to do that. Right. Like, yeah. it's not about, like, yeah, you got to trade him. Well, he's not going to die. No, he's not going to die. Stupid. <laughs> is that what it's about? It's about basic courtesy. Jesse, you know what Reading I love? People with respect. Jesse, can I tell you what I love? What? what? When Steve argues with Twitter about the <laughs> tweets loud. he's going to get in the future <laughs> on yeah. this show. It's my favorite. Like I, Steve's okay. going to check his mentions in the morning and he's going to pre like, he's pre arguing with somebody who hasn't sent that tweet yet. The, the, somebody I mean, will wake up pre arguing Twitter yeah. right now. Steve. Okay. <laughs> you know what, Steve, you seem like you need a vacation. All right. I'm worried about your mental state, Steve. It might have, do, do you think it has something to do with the fact that I spend all day in the basement working on this shit and reading your stupid fucking tweets. And then I have no one to bounce it off of and no one to vent to. And then I join this show and I have to talk about you talking about, oh, he's not going to die. He's going to make sick me. Shut the fuck. <laughs> I have no outlet. Except for this camera and microphone. And when I turn it on, I'm sorry when I go off. My wife doesn't want to hear this shit. She barely watches the games. So it's you. You get to hear it. All right. It'll be a great day when I get to go back in the office and I can rant about sports to people. 
Steve, what are you kidding? You're never leaving that basement. You're not going back to the uh, office. You go to the office before the pandemic. Yeah, man. You were social distancing several times a week. You've been and social distancing for friends. a decade. Get out of here. I would here. hang out with my friends, and they would murder my confidence by ripping on me the entire time. Oh, you mean <laughs> us? Yes. Oh. I, I'm a little concerned you didn't pick up on friends when I was talking oh, about no. you assholes. I thought you had some other guys right. you were talking to. I was going to say, who are those? concerned. <laughs> All right. I didn't know they exist. <laughs> Steve, you seem anxious and pressed. What the fuck? I, oh. The, the, oh, oh, sorry. The only people I have to bounce off of are the deepest, darkest corners of the internet. <laughs> and weirdly, that's had an effect on my brain. You now pre-argue Twitter. Wow. I pre-argue oh, Twitter. <laughs> I pre-argue with some. Ge- I I talk to some genuinely great people. Mm-hmm. People who are going to be all the time, friends time. for the rest of my life. And also people who should absolutely not have a driver's license. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's simply, it's simply, where were we even, what hockey team were we talking about? Vegas. 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 It was Vegas. Vegas. On, How did this come up on Friday? When we're oh, done, flurry. when we're done recording our show on Friday, well, I hope you throw your phone in the ocean. Like you keep saying, you're I'm going to crush a beer on my forehead and have s'mores all night, but bring okay. it, bring it back for Wednesday because we do have Rick Westhead coming on. That's important. Oh. Fine. Maybe. We, do need, Fine. we do need to keep the phone. Nah, up. we'll see if we can find it. Fine, but as soon as that show's done, I'm not coming back until I'm at least 260. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming back. Um, no, listen, no. Here, I did actually have something to say about that please. before I argued with the stupidest person on the planet. Um, so they made a decision to be dicks. They yes, did, mm-hmm. yes, right? they did. And th- it's which goes a thing- long way in hockey. Right. It's one thing if an insider breaks this, right? If an insider finds out and then they tweet it and the team goes, oh shit. And they go to Marc-Andre and they go, listen, listen. So sorry. You're the, you're the, we were just about to call you. This shouldn't have got out. I'm going to give that guy shit. I'm going to find out who told him, you know, I'm going to. We haven't even sent the paperwork to the office yet. Like nothing's finalized. The team he was being traded to is tweeting out cutesy emojis about the deal he didn't know about. How many level did Stan call the Twitter person? I doubt it. How many levels of the Chicago Blackhawks, the team that Marc-Andre Fleury was not previously on, how many people knew about this trade before Marc-Andre Fleury did? Before it hit Twitter. And then how many people after? It's not smart. It's not a good way to do business. What is the business? Yeah, okay. Okay, be an asshole forever and see where it gets you. There's a difference I, between, and I'll sum this up. There's a difference between being cold and calculating yeah, and cold and cruel. Yeah. And so, so, you know, you would expect, listen, I, 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 you're like, huh, I, you guys are saying Kyle Dubas needs to be, um, here I am pre-arguing. You guys are saying Kyle Dubas <laughs> yeah, needs, to be, uh, needs to be um, uh, cold and calculating. And I do think that. But I don't think Kyle Dubas would be like, well, we've, you know, let's just say it's Austin Matthews. Well, Austin, we're trading you, but we're going to wait till you find out through an Instagram DM. Right. Fuck off. Like, it's just, that's not how he would operate, right? You're not going to please everyone. Every now and then you're going to do someone dirty. You're going to sewer a guy. A guy, you know, he's going to think I deserved an opportunity and you didn't give it to him. And he's going to, you know, yell about you forever. Mistakes are going to be made. This did not not only did not need to happen like let's say they traded pick a name they tra- they traded Nick Holden okay right so like not Which the most they did. yes they did so like not the most important player on the Vegas Golden Knights 
it would be wrong for him to find out on Twitter. This is the, you know, this is like the, this is the Dave Keon of the Vegas Golden Knights, right? They don't have the long history. All they have is the last four years. He's the most important player in franchise history. And he found out he was traded for nothing on Twitter. Mm-hmm. How is he supposed to feel? How are the other players in the league supposed to feel? And that gets Alan around, Walsh was right. Alan Walsh was right with the sword. He was yes. right. He was just a year early. He jumped the gun. Okay. He hit send too early. Should have stayed in drafts for a year. And then he tweets it. And then he'd be absolutely right. He tweets the sword picture yesterday. Everyone goes, shit, eyeball emojis. That's, that's, that's good. Alan Walsh, absolutely. Or whoever made that picture for him. Remember that whole discussion? Yeah. It's there's no situation where that's what should have happened. Well, it's a failure for both teams. And and that DeBoer sword that Alan uh so eloquently put into Mark Andre Fleury's back on Twitter. Um, Pete DeBoer is another guy. Problem with the truth. And the management group that replaced uh Gerard Gallant with Pete DeBoer again. Like Gerard Gallant took them to the Stanley Cup final. And 18 months later, he's gone. He's gone. Just the, just, like it's, and they got, and, and he's gone for the guy that the team fucking hated. Yeah. Hey, they hated hey, DeBoer. Free, free advice for anyone signing a contract with the Vegas Golden Knights rent. Yes. Enjoy your time there. It's not going to last. No. And every play, right. I think the players know that. I can't imagine the players are thrilled about how that went. And, and, and even if you think, well, we had to move on from one of the goalies, man, not like that. It's how good luck, good luck signing on, free agents in the future. Yeah, you know, moving on from one of them made perfect sense. The way they did it was atrocious. Now let's talk about the Boston Bruins who at the trade deadline picked up Taylor Hall and, uh, and now have picked up Mike Foligno or um, oh God, Nick Foligno. Now the <laughs> Pete Blackburn dunked on the Leafs. Pete Blackburn dunked on the Leafs so hard because he was like at the trade deadline, but for the Leafs, it was Taylor Hall or Foligno. And for the Bruins this offseason, it's Taylor Hall and Felino. It's cruel and unusual. It's cruel and unusual. Like, he could have gone anywhere. He could have gone. Apparently, the Leafs did want to retain him, by the way. Oh, yeah. And he signed for... What did he sign for? Oh, no, it was two years, 3.8. Per year? Yeah. Well, that's a lot. It is... Uh... The Leafs couldn't afford if, that. If he's no. healthy... There it is. The Bruins, everyone takes less. It's a great organization. If you're on their list, it means you're good. Like, they're just, they do a good job. And they're in on everybody. They're in on everybody. No, no, they're not. Because not everybody's good. Well, no. They're in on everybody good. They're in on everybody good. They always get the best guy at the trade deadline. Right? They did this year. They've got. I don't know. 3.8 doesn't seem like any of a discount. That seems about market rate and, for and they were in a b- bidding war with minnesota i don't think they got a discount i think no. it's just they had the money to spend because their other players took a discount hmm. which I, inherently is the issue in toronto and he's yeah. a great fit there he's a great fit there um Ugh. oh bruins fans know i have no problem with them bless you guys do you guys know <laughs> i just i always laugh when i pull up the bruins cap friendly do you guys know the deals for pasternak marchand and bergeron yeah, yeah so but read them out don't, anyway. No, why? Why? Why are you doing this? Drew anyway? Bergeron makes 6.8. David Pasternak makes 6.6. Brad Marchand makes 
That's crazy. Or as Don Waddell calls it, three Dougie Hamiltons. The Leafs, the Leafs is, top three players make almost double that. Tavares, Matthews, Marner, Pasternak, Marchand, Bergeron. The Leafs make all those guys make just a, three million shy of basically double that. Are we too hard on them? Yeah, yeah, but we're too hard on them. Oh, you guys got to have more faith in Dubas. Ah, listen, I do. Us. I want to hammer us if we ever make shit up. All right, but what Jesse just said is he's reading off of screen. Less than twenty million dollars for their one of the best lines in hockey. So here's what I would say to that, okay, guys. I'm gonna be Twitter guy, okay? Twitter guy. <laughs> so let's stop pre-twittering no, ourselves. <laughs> I am dark quarter of the internet, and I'm gonna say, yeah, but the pandemic, nobody planned for that, and the cap was supposed to go up to like ninety or ninety-five million dollars. Fair. All right, Adam. Bunch of numbers. That's great. But <laughs> I, which which teams would have three double-digit guys if it weren't for the pandemic? Who would which teams? Who would, which teams would have three double-digit guys? Which which teams would join the Leafs to have three double-digit guys? I don't think Black there Hawks is. Blackhawks are close. They have two, yeah. uh-huh. and Seth Jones came close. May, and maybe Seth Jones's contract's higher if the – There you go. Yeah. yeah. The Lightning are close, mm-hmm. except Bra- they still have zero. Braden Point, by the way, an eight-year contract extension a year out from it at $9.6 million. Now, and, and by the they way, they don't call him Braden eight. Uh, Bra- I, I fucked it up. I, I also I was going to say they, they don't call him Braden point eight nine three. Oh, what up, 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 up. I shouldn't okay. have fucked it up the first time. <laughs> okay. Here's a good line. Thing. This Plus. whole idea, by the way, that the state tax in Florida has anything to do. Alan Walsh has tweeted this multiple times. There are ways if you make that kind of money, if you have the right financial planners in Canada to make basically the same amount of money. So this whole bullshit notion that you, you know, the taxes are higher and you can't actually, you can, you just need to hire a financial planner. Um, so you know why Braden point took that amount of money? Cause the lightning kick all the ass, right? And put ass in front of them and they'll and, kick it. And here's the thing. Now that these, the leaf players didn't cause they didn't now they're going to have to shoulder this. And what they're getting is, and people are like, well, it's really hard to play in Toronto. Fans are really hard on them. The, the thing that fucking drives me they're crazy. They're in the building! <laughs> they weren't there! Well, no! social media. The thing that drives me nuts about NHL players is that like, they all act like they'd prefer the arenas just be empty. I just want to play hockey and I want no one to watch and have an opinion. The Habs made it like, to the final. Well, no, no, but what I'm saying here is like, I, th- I understand I that there's pressure, yeah. but there's pressure in every sport. There's pressure, but there's more pressure in Toronto. I think you have to, I think it's in Montreal. Yeah. It's a little bit of a detriment for the Leafs because I think you have to overpay a little to get hockey players to play in Toronto unless they want to be here in order to I convince just- them to put up with the media in Toronto because they perceive all they and hockey players are so different than the other sports because they perceive the bigger markets as negatives. You know, they don't want to play in Canada because this is the number one sport. They don't want more attention on their game. It's so strange, but I think that causes teams in Canada, and that includes the Leafs, to overpay a tad bit for players to come here. 
because it they don't want this attention on them. The Canucks, the Vancouver's a brutal market, and they won back-to-back Presidents trophies, and they were a game away from the Stanley Cup. Boston is tough as tough as hell mm. if they don't like you they'll stab you in the neck philadelphia but, but on the, the way bruins, out of town philly well they haven't won for a but the bruins aren't the number one but, sport there like they're not the number not. one team there they're they're three they're not you know i just you know how what? do the I, lakers ever win anything because because the nba player mentality is i'm gonna go to the big market with the big teams and, and all star. the stars the hockey right. mentality is i'm gonna go build a, a great team with a bunch of guys who just want to play hockey when no one's watching all right, well, you, everyone tell us how far out we need to move. It's, it's unaffordable anyway. You tell us how far we need to move outside of Toronto for this team to be successful, and we'll do Timmins. it. Timmins. Right. You have to play. The t- it'd be the Timmins. I'll move to Moncton. I don't give a shit. Just, Here's, but, but back to, I'm sorry for holding you back from my house. Right. Bra- Braden Point made a smart decision in the fact that, and Kucherov made a smart decision, and Stamkos made a smart decision. They didn't take that extra two or three million they could have taken. Because that would have pushed them over the edge of here's how much criticism I'm able to take. And here's how much I'm going to have to be involved in this team's winning. And what that means is like, you look at proportionally how the lightning rely on those players and how that spread around a little more. Whereas the Leafs have four people, they have four guys and mostly three of those guys who they rely solely on. And now those guys are isolated can I read off the bottom six that we came up with? Yeah. Mikheyev, Camp, Simmons, Robertson, Brooks, Spezza. Now read the Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup winning bottom six. I don't even want to. I don't, I don't know what it is now. Well, so, oh, yeah. No, no, no. From their, their oh, cup victory. The roster. On, uh, on the night of game you, five. You'd have, you you got to give me a minute. You got to give me a yeah, minute. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. This is the thing. When you want, <laughs> when you push for that extra couple million, you should expect more criticism. You should expect to be relied upon more heavily than Brayton Point is to win with Tampa. This is, this is the cost of costing a team more money, which you could have made up in endorsements anyway in Toronto. Like, really, you could. And I, I don't know. To me, it's just... I mean, good for Tampa... But I, I'm sorry that I can't, you know, listen, this excludes literal online abuse. That's bullshit. And no one yes. should ever have to go through that. Obviously. But we're talking about legitimate criticism here. Okay. And legitimate criticism, we are going to give because those players held out and pushed for more, each one of them, except for Tavares, who actually took a pay cut. Technically. And, kind of. or yeah, a potential pay cut. Um. I, I think, honestly, I, I don't have a problem being this critical of them. And I'm going to continue. And I expect big things. And I expect them beyond the regular season. When you look at the way other teams are constructed, the teams that consistently win are not teams constructed like this. Yeah. They're just Tampa, Tampa was able to build this incredible roster because they have guys like Hedman only making 7.8. They have Kucherov at 9.5. They have Stamkos at 8.5. They have point uh, before this deal at 6.7. Like those are just fantastic numbers. And I'm so jealous. 
that they have yeah. these numbers for these incredible talents that they have them in under the books at the at these numbers because that means you can build a better team around the guys because it doesn't take only three stars to win a to win a, a hockey game it's not the nba where you can get just a bunch of nobodies but you surround them with three guys who are in the top 10 of the league and you automatically are in the finals you know it doesn't work like that in hockey and then if you don't get these deals, you probably can't build a solid roster up and down the entire thing. And the Leafs and, are in a tough situation right now. And at what point do you say, maybe not yet, that the Greybeards might have been right? When these guys were saying, I'm going to sit the season, trade them. Yeah. This is, sorry, I finally found it. Um, this was tweeted by Simone O. LaRange. Mm-hmm. Um, they're Tampa's bottom six. I don't know which game this was. It was July 5th. I think that was game five. Blake Coleman, Yanni Gord, Barkley Goodrow, Patrick Maroon, Tyler Johnson, Matthew Joseph. You know, you want to know what's wild about that? They were missing Kalorn. Oh, that's a great bottom six. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh my god. Uh, but it's okay. Their left side of defense was really shitty. It was Hedman, McDonough, Sergeyev. <laughs> Yo, the Lightning are wild. The Lightning are unbelievable. <laughs> Oh man, the best team $99 million can buy. By the way, um uh they're uh the Sabres have a goalie now. Yeah, Craig Anderson. Oh no way. He's 40. He signed a league man. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a Sabres you know are going to be so bad. Yeah, uh, he's They'll okay. be fun. As your backup. Okay, well, maybe. Right? Okay, he was fine in his little stint with the Cavs. Okay, maybe. What else? They can't be. They cannot be done. No, I don't think they are. No. I. You know what? Miko Koskinen makes a lot of sense if you can pull a pick out of Edmonton. They Why also not? need to reach the floor of the cap. So yeah. Koskinen, the four point five will help. Yo, also respect Craig Anderson. He really wants to play hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so, oh man. Oh, so I'm. We now have to talk about the Montreal Canadiens. We have to talk about the statement. We have to talk about the timing of the statement and who the statement is from. The Montreal Canadiens are owned by Jeff Molson of Molson Coors, as in one of the biggest beer companies, beverage companies in the world. Jeff Molson has been radio silent for almost a week on the Logan Malou or Mayu, excuse me, uh, controversy. And as we know, as we do not need to get into because we, we, did so, uh, we did so on the last episode, spent a good chunk of time on it. There's an hour you can listen to. Yeah. yeah. As we know, this is bad on so many levels. It prevents the, 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 the person who is drafted, who asked not to be drafted, to actually get a chance to go and get help and fix things and, and deserve to be drafted. Prevents that from ever happening. It puts to shame and really negates anything that the Montreal Canadiens have ever said about inclusion in hockey and things, things of, you know, I, I don't even know how to describe it guys. It's more like it, like, you know, we go to, we talk about, you can play, we can talk about hockey's for everyone. We talk about, you know, uh, and we forgot to bring this up earlier, the get uncomfortable pledge that the yes. Carolina hurricanes took. Well, so oh, much for my. that. That's yeah. So yeah. much for that. That's so true. I forgot about that. Shit. The so much for that. So, so, so then 
on the busiest day of the year at the busiest time, right around one o'clock, two o'clock. It was 1235. So, so it's 35 minutes after free agency opens when it's just a flurry of things. The Montreal Canadiens go, hey, um, uh, here's a thing from Jeff Wilson. <laughs> yeah. As if we wouldn't see it. Now, unfortunately, it's at the end of a free agency episode for us. You know, so it seems a little buried, but we'll make sure that this clip actually gets out there as a as a highlighted clip as well. Well, and I will say I had some people go, well, he's also doing a press conference. It doesn't change the fact that it's today. Mm -hmm. It's today. That release came out when it did. And that that conference came and went and then hundreds of millions of dollars were spent. So it doing anything today, putting out a message of significance today ruins it. It will be buried. It will be forgotten. It may be consumed by more people releasing it today, but it'll go in and it'll go out. Mm -hmm. They'll forget. Right Let's away. read it. Let's read it. That's what I, I want to jump in because that Steve, your point, especially after you read it is uh, becomes much more salient. So this is a letter from Jeff Molson on the Montreal Canadiens website. Uh, let me read the whole thing. And we'll go through Canadiens owner, president, CEO, Jeff Molson has issued the following letter on the team's decision to draft Logan Mayu. Message to everyone impacted by our decision. I want to share with you my perspective on our decision to select Logan Mayu uh, in the 2021 NHL draft. This decision, made in the context of the draft, turned out to be instantaneously very offensive for many of you. I understand that you expect more from us and we let you down. The Montreal Canadiens are more than a hockey team. Logan's actions do not reflect the values of our organization, and I apologize for the pain uh, this selection has caused. First and foremost, regarding the young woman who is the victim, I want to say that we do not minimize what she has had to and continues to have to live through. No one, especially not an 18-year-old, should have to suffer through traumatic experiences like this. That We are there to support her and her family and respect their privacy. I'd like to highlight that, but we'll come back to it. Our selection of Logan was never intended to be disrespectful towards her or her family or more generally towards women or other victims of similar situations. Our decision was not intended in any shape or form to be an endorsement of culture of violence against women. Logan is a young man who committed a serious transgression. He is genuinely remorseful about the pain he's caused. He is committed to becoming a better person and we will work through him on this process. At this stage, it is only our actions that will speak louder than words. So they get into the list of actions. Number one, over the course of the next few months, we will develop in conjunction with local experts, a comprehensive plan to raise awareness and educate young men and women about the ser this serious issue. We will use our platform and our resources to turn a decision that hurt many people into one that brings meaningful, impactful change. Number two, we will support and oversee Logan's commitment to becoming a better person. Number three, we have asked Logan not to participate in our rookie or main training camp this fall. Being a player in the NHL is a privilege that is earned, not a right that is granted. As the year progresses, we will reassess Logan's readiness to be a part of our organization. We gave Logan a second chance, but in doing so, we failed to properly assess the impact of our decision on the victim and anyone who has suffered in similar circumstances. Once again, I want to apologize to everyone impacted by our decision. I repeat, our actions will speak louder than our words. We will continue to provide, sorry, we will continue pro uh, proving we are an organization this community and fans can be proud of. Lastly, I want to thank everyone that provided their feedback on the situation, including partners and sponsors, so that this mistake becomes an opportunity to grow and raise awareness. Jeff Olson, owner, president, and CEO of uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Can you start over and I'll stop you? 
I'll stop you very early. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. Um, I want to share with you my perspective on our decision to select Logan Mayu in the 2021 NHL draft. This decision made in the context of the draft turned out to be instantaneously very offensive for many of you. Turned out to be, you had a statement prepared. Turned out to be. And now you're going to keep him away from a rookie camp. He's not going to be with the organization for a year because maybe you saw that statement from him and went and you went, you know what? This is the path towards reconciliation. Um, We do want him to stay away for a year, but I tell you what, when he comes back dibs, that's what you did. Uh Adam, you had something. Uh, Part of there's two things I want to say uh, and I can spread them out. I don't have to say them back to back, but um. The, the part where he says we are there to support her and her family and respect their privacy. How are you donating money? Right. Are you, uh, are you paying for therapy? What are you doing? Encouraging a heartfelt apology, which she still does not feel like she's received. Yeah. By all I, accounts. I, I would like to know where that is. I'd also like to move. There's actually three things. Sorry. Our decision was not intended in any shape or form to be an endorsement of culture of the culture of violence against women. So Remember, go throw back to last show. Let's say I'm I'm uh, behind the wheel of a car and I hit Steve, and police press charge because I was being um, uh, what what is it? A dangerous driver. My intention wasn't to hit Steve. So if I say to the cops that wasn't my intention, they're not going to drop the fucking charges. It goes back to the Carolina you, conversation. Like I don't think they were endorsing or trying to endorse D'Angelo's behavior, but guys, I don't know. He's really good at hockey. And here's the other problem I have. And there's the three-point plan that they have. We're going to work with these people. We're going to try to make them a better person. The Montreal Canadiens are going to try to use this as a PR win in the next 18 months. They're going to be like, look at this new and improved Logan. We did this. this what? Today? Today? <laughs> like I'm trying to use it as a PR win today. So, and, and, in, and you might say, well, what should, what should they even do now? Renounce pick. Let them do it. There's you can do that if if you thought the pick was so disgusting and you're you're so sorry for all the people that were hurt by the pick and everything it did, then take away the pick. You have that option. We saw Arizona did it last year. Yeah. There is precedence for this. You can still Less do a year that. ago. Go ahead. If you, if you truly feel, hey, this pick was probably it was a bad decision. Take away your own pick. You can do that. And also. If you're the president of a billion dollar company, I expect you to make decisions where you don't have to issue an apology. You should get it right the first time. Well, especially on a you're- softball <laughs> like this. Like all you had to do is not do it. Right. You and you should know that beforehand. Don't uh, the the apology isn't is already you're already wrong because your decision should be made the first time because there's so much riding. You affect so many people. So many people care about the game and the sport, specifically the Montreal Canadiens and the crest and everything they mean to people who, who care about that franchise. Make the right decision the first time and don't do things that require an apology. Oh well, Jesse, I mean, you know. If we didn't pick them, someone else would have. Then let them. Yeah, no, like it's Out better. It's, I, again, it, it goes back to, are you a child? <laughs> like, are you, this is elementary school logic. Well, oh yeah. Well, you know, someone else was going to, I don't know, steal the Dunkaroos off your desk. So I did it instead. It, 
it guys guys we're adults here what are you talking about someone else would have picked him no one should have picked him he publicly asked you not to pick him not hard not hard and you've robbed him of the opportunity frankly to do it himself to make it more believable and i think I think that that needs to be listened. Sorry, your, your wording caught me off guard. Well, yeah, what I mean by that is, is this is a player that needed to go on a journey and needed to, this is a young man that needed to go on a journey of reconciliation, of apology, of growth, of all the other things. And frankly, um, and again, please do not forget the victim in this. You know, you, people are like, well, redemption. Redemption. Whatever, whatever redemption might have been possible, I mean, the guy got drafted anyway. You took that. And I think, I think he needed to come back a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, having put in the work with receipts, getting into the community, talking to other young players about the dangers of this. Then, then talk to me about redemption. And frankly, let's see what she thinks. I just, I hate how disingenuous all of this is. Yeah. Right. Be, be, like, again, this is going to be Darwin for them. It's, about, it's, people are going to be like, look, the Canadians. Wow. Rehab Central. So amazing. Look it's at bad. That. It's bad faith. Us, you know, we didn't realize you, you had a prepared statement. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you. You wanted dibs on a hockey player and you're willing to go through all this and do your PR spins because you're like, we still got dibs. You know, he might turn out to be a great player for our team down the line. So we're cool with this. And that's, that's the honest assessment is you put hockey over doing the right thing. That's full transparency. You're, you're caring more about hockey here than all of the things you listed in your statement. And th- something that he asked not to be, which is drafted. Like, I'm just, I'm just thinking how even the player was against this. I'm just, yeah, publicly anyway. I'm just, I'm just thinking how I would, you know, if I got home from school early and and I took out the trash and I folded the laundry and then I accidentally broke a plate and then my parents got home, but I cleaned it up before they got home, how I would deliver that information. Hey, son, uh, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. Uh, you know, I, uh, I took out the trash. I folded the laundry. I might have accidentally broken the plate, but uh, how was your day at work? That's what they did on free agency day. Let's just let's put that in there and we'll get out. Okay. And now it's out of the way. Yeah. And Bergevin had a, a quote today that was basically like, all right, now it's time for action. Action, speak louder than words. Watch which is a very unique way of saying, okay, now shut up about it. Yeah. It's like, all right, guys, we did that horrible thing, but you know, it's uh, five days later. We're all ready to move on. We got to sign a bunch of contracts. So let's focus on that. And I want to say it was Stuart Cowan or was it Stuart Cowan or Arpin Basu who pointed out it was select media today at the press conference. At Jeff Molson's press conference. Select, Select media, meaning not everybody was invited. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I think most people see right through this. Sure. Yeah. But I want, and the weird thing is seeing right through it doesn't change it. No, 
Like, it's like, oh, we see right through you. And they're like, great. We've got a talented player in our organization. Yeah, they're sitting there being like, we still won. Come see me. I'm a, I'm a glass of water. You can see right through me. Yeah. And we're winning. And, and this is, the thing is, is that after you go to the Stanley Cup final, you just went and like, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a team wipe the good faith away so quickly. I know there are Habs fans who are like, man, I just love this team so much. And I, I'm not disappointed in this at all. I'm sure there are people out there. But for the majority of Habs fans, they're going, what the fuck is going on over there? I'm amazed how many messages I've gotten from people who are like, I've been a fan of this team since the 60s. And I, and like, imagine what they've seen, you know? And they're like, and I cannot believe they did this. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it, that's the thing, right? It's not like, like, it's shocking to me. Shocking. I, I, you you just pissed away all the goodwill. Why? For what? Is any player I, worth that? You're the Montreal Canadiens. I still can't. I, I just, I cannot let go of the idea of they're surprised. They're pretending like they're surprised. No, like they, they didn't know this was coming. No, they, they knew. They're liars. They're liars. And if they didn't know, that's even worse. If they didn't see this coming, that's worse. Yeah, which, which is so worse. So we're giving them credit. We're, that, we're giving them the credit that they knew this was going to happen. They, we're giving them, we're, we're assuming that they're smart enough to figure that this is the position they'd probably be in five to six days later. We're giving them that credit. I don't know if that's deserved, but we're giving it to them. My, my theory is they may be being disingenuous about not knowing. Steve. Is oh, I'm just, no, oh, I'm trying to be a lawyer. <laughs> trying Allegedly. to be a lawyer about it. I was looking for this quote that uh, Engels had on from the Jeff Molson uh, press conference. I think it's important to read. So this is from Eric Engels. In a brief conference with select media, Canadians owner Jeff Molson said the following about drafting Mayu. The short answer is that is, is up at the draft table. That is up at the draft table. The impression that we had, the facts that we had, was that he was going to be drafted by somebody in the second round. And it was an error in judgment. If I had known the repercussions to the greater community beyond just the Montreal Canadiens and our fans, I think I probably would have. I wasn't, I wasn't at the draft table, but I probably would have avoided that situation. But now I'm looking forward and we have selected him and we're going to do everything we can to use that situation, not only for him, not only to do whatever we can for the victim, but for future potential victims in the community to make sure that we do a good job and we make the best of the situation we've created that disappointing. I know that's a Molson quote, but that's Bergevin earning his money as a dartboard. So you're saying you didn't know. He's just, uh, just that was the follow-up for what we were just saying. You're, He's you're saying, surprised. I didn't know this was going to happen. And if I knew this would happen, man, I would have told them not to make the pick. That's bullshit. You can undo the pick right now. Yeah. You can undo the pick at any moment. And we put ourselves in this terrible situation and we're not doing anything to get out of it. I guess we'll just have to look forward. Imagine you renounce the pick and then someone signs him. Like imagine the shit they're going to have to deal with. That team, right? Who's lining up to do that? Well, Mitchell Miller's not signed and none and is undrafted. Now, since you know, at least, you know, we can take shots at the Coyotes and how they're run, but at least they had the balls to renounce. I wonder pick. how uh, that situation would have played out if Mitchell Miller was a first-round talent. Guess he got it. Ooh, Not as good. Not as good. If he went 15th overall. 
you know, it's, it's that simple top folks. 10. So you think that they looked at this and went, this guy, the chances of him making it, I mean, maybe because he, he was going to be a second rounder. Suppo- yes. I remember reading that. So he was the chances- about where he should have been. I think they t- took him. No, they took him in the fourth. Oh, a little later. Okay. A little later. I mean, that's not unheard of. Yeah. Hey, listen, a little racism, a little bullying only cost you 60 places in the draft. Like that's what, that's what we're saying, right? Like yeah. that's how it looks. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, but you're right. If, if he's a first round talent, they probably go, well, it's worth the PR hit. Yeah, uh, we, we renounce a fourth round pick. All right. Just do it. Oh, first. Oh, I don't know. Uh, we already did it. So we might as well look, look, look forward. You guys. Yeah. yeah. Too rich for my blood. I hit Steve with the card. I'm going to look forward. That's what you should have been doing the whole time, Adam. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, Steve, it's an unfortunate situation. And um, had I been in more control of the wheel, I probably would have steered the other way. But having hit you now, I'm going to move forward. So, Steve, bring us to the Sabres, which will bring us to our conclusion. Or are we ready? You you guys want to end on a thing? I do. On a a move? So, you know, we were talking about Craig Anderson's starting goalie of the Buffalo Sabres now. No, no. What if I told you they have a... A tandem of that's one point five million dollars total, because they just signed the Buffalo Sabres signed Aaron Dell. <laughs> oh God! Who's got wicked pads? He does. There's he dragons does. on them. I hope he changes them. That instead of red and black, they're blue and gold, and he changes the dragon head to a uh, mean, like blowing smoke out of his nose. Buffalo. That's what I it- hope he does. They've also uh, signed Mark Pissick as well. Yeah, cool. Um, okay. Here's how bad Mark Pissick wants to play hockey. He's going back to Buffalo. Yeah. Back. It's like I was saying, like, people are like, oh, Reimer or Bozak, you know, sign them. Uh, they, they were on those Leafs. Mm-hmm. I would not come back if, if my experience was those Leafs. Um. The Sabres still like okay. You don't you don't have an NHL backup there. You don't. Uh, I think what they're gonna end up having to do is sign whoever the hell you can. I think Aaron Dell is a placeholder, and the victory here for Aaron Dell is he's under contract. He'll be put on waivers. Someone will have a situation where they need a goalie and they'll claim him. That's what's gonna happen. You can't go into the season with Aaron Dell and uh, Craig Anderson. You simply can't. You cannot. Unless your mission is the first overall pick, then fine. I think I think the 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 tank that whatever the Sabres tank year was was 14 or 15. I think this is gonna be way more fun than that. Because they don't have anyone. You know who I'm gonna predict is gonna be a Buffalo Saber? Who? Curtis McElhaney. Oh I forgot he was still available. Yeah, yeah. he's the guy. Surprised the Lightning wouldn't want him because success seems to follow him wherever he goes. It's crazy. Next stop, Buffalo. The last time the Leafs were likable, Curtis McElhinney was the backup. He was a pretty good backup, ain't he? <laughs> Do you think uh, Dubnik could go to Buffalo? I think anyone who wants a job, it's a good spot. It says something that he, that the Sabres are in the situation they're in and the people we just mentioned are not signed. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I just won back-to-back cups, I ain't signing a Buffalo. Yeah. Well, you don't like Cheek Tawaga? Hey, I, I don't think I, it's anything. I don't know what that Buffalo is. Buffalo, the place. 
kind of wind it. It's nothing about Buffalo. It's right, the right, team. Right. It's the team. Yes. Oh, yeah. It, it's the team. Yeah. Of course, it's the team. Mm-hmm. I got passion of fans in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I No, it's nothing about the city. I'm not making fun of the city. I don't think that's nice. I don't think that's a nice thing to do. No. I think it has something to do with they've been dog shit for a long time, actually. That's what I think it has something to do with. And they're about to trade their franchise player. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, have we? Hey, you want to come here? Have we mentioned we're going to get way worse? (laughs) (laughs) That's another. It's pretty difficult to commit yourself to Buffalo when you have no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. But Jeff Um, Skinner is the face of the franchise now. uh, We've also we've hit our record for longest podcast ever. Actually, all right, cool. It feels like it. And I think Uh, we should wrap it up. So (laughs) listen, we love you. We're going to be back with CJ on Friday. And like we said, Rick Westhead next Wednesday to break down the Chicago Blackhawks situation. We're looking forward to both of those shows. Thank you so much for listening. As long as you have, it's the longest podcast in history. Mm -hmm. Steve Dangle, congratulations on a very successful trade deadline day, sir. Thank you. You can go to bed. You are almost, almost on vacation. Uh, Have fun on the radio tomorrow there, bud. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Don't forget to argue with somebody on Twitter before you go to bed. Oh, don't worry. I will. (laughs) Even if you're not on Twitter, just argue with God. My my ceiling is going to hear about it. I'm ready. (laughs) The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W-Y-L-D-E and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.